flat-chested women in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s are kiddie porn. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, September 26, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 238. This is No Agenda. Preparing for the zombie invasion here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Oh, yeah. You try, you try to get me, boy? I don't think so, sucker. Well, you're in a funny mood today. I was right on the ball, wasn't I? You have new gear. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm so happy. I have new gear. You knew Just about it, nerd. and you try and you tried to nail me with it. And no, no. <laughs> I love it. I didn't try to nail you with it. You totally tried. You tried to screw me over, man. So tell me what you got going there. That guys, you all giddy. Um. So now I have. I've. I've minimized my my set once again. So I no longer have external, um, you know, that external MIDI control I had, that little six, uh, was the it little two, box. Four? Yeah, the little box. So now it's all on the iPad. And <laughs> so including the jingles, including all the tracks, everything is all set up, and it's bound to screw up sometime during the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in the morning to you, John, and all ships at sea. In the morning to all these slaves out there. <laughs> No, we don't say that like that. In morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net, all charged up and ready to go the way your government loves you. That's how we say it. So I had, a, I had a great experience uh, Friday night. Threesome? No, that was Thursday night. Friday night, um, Mickey and Christina and I were invited to Universal Studios. The uh, the theme park here, which is just a stone's throw from the Crackpot uh, Command Center, um, for the Igor Awards. And the Igor Awards honors uh, actors and directors in um, the horror film genre, I-E-Y-E, Igor. Uh, which, which, by the way, is, is a pretty poor award show. Uh, whenever Corey Feldman is hosting something, you know it's going to kind of suck. Um, but of course it was nice because, um, uh, our buddy Eli Roth, uh, received an award, but the cool thing was, is this was, and of course this is why these awards take place at, at that particular moment. Bye babe. Break a leg. Um, is, uh, they, this was the opening of Halloween nights in the theme park. So the entire theme park is, is all Halloween based and they have hundreds and hundreds of actors walking throughout the theme park. Um, although all kind of in different getup, pretty much all zombified, and they've got like you know chainsaws and knives and weird shit, and they jump out at you, and then they have these mazes, um, uh, and so you have the the Chucky maze, you've got the Friday the Thirteenth maze, you've got uh, uh, Rob Zombie uh, created a maze, and what's really nice about it, it is. It's very low tech. I mean, literally, it, it, it you know, you, it's like the stuff you might have built for Halloween at high school, where you walk through corridors and then you know there's weird rooms with weird stuff going on. But then people jump out at you continuously, and it's real. It's real uh, actors, except they're in complete getup. Unbelievably amazing how much fun it was for a low tech experience. However. Walking through Universal Studios, even though we had a guide, and you know we didn't have to. 
um, you know, stand in line, like <laughs> 45 minutes for each maze. Uh, boy, is the American populace here zombified or what, dude? There's just thousands of people going, uh, dude, <laughs> dude, it was, that was really You've been hanging out in Hollywood too much. <laughs> it was, it was outrageous. They were all just complete zombies. Yes, I will walk here now. I will stand in line. This is good. Oh, I got scared. Da, 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 da. That was the scariest part was walking amongst regular people. Well, for you. <laughs> uh, That's the regular population down in Southern California. Yeah. But anyway, it, it, it once again solidified my belief that uh, the zombies are coming. So uh, did you get this news story? Somebody somebody sent that, I think, to both of us, which I, I had to bring up right away because it cracked me up when I saw it, which was a report out of the uh, uh, Gitmo Nation uh, UK, whatever we call it, mm. uh, about how flu shots uh, lower the risk of heart attack. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't see this. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Oh, yeah, that makes logic. <laughs> Really, <laughs> it lowers your risk of flu. You're going to live longer because uh, you're not going to have a heart. Not going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Next, they're going to have it. You know, makes you more attractive to women. Why don't you just cut to that, the chase? That would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Do you want to get laid? Take this flu shot. It'll works guaranteed. Wow. No, I didn't see that one. There's a there's a lot of flu stories out there. We can almost reinvoke the uh, the flying the the flying swoo the swine flu minute. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's well, you know, they still have all this leftover stuff. I think it must have a two-year le- uh, shelf life. Yeah, I think they have like 160 million doses in the United States alone that they that they have to get rid of, and they're yeah. they're putting it into the regular flu vaccine. And I actually, I had a oh, somewhere I had a uh, I had a thing about that. Here it is. Um, this is from yeah. The single flu shot is getting the public leery. <laughs> really? I think the public is listening to this show and they're leery. Here it is. Yeah, Robert Parker, public informant information officer. That's a PIO. With the Virginia Department of Health promoted for the vaccine saying, "Remember that up to 160 million doses will be available nationally this year and it's and it has arrived and it's available earlier than usual. So now is a really good time to yeah, get that, that's vaccinated." That's the other thing that gets me. <laughs> it's early. How did that happen? So uh, while we're at, before we go to uh, crediting our executive producers today, we might as well play, since we're talking about the flu shot, mm-hmm. might as well play this clip, low SVU chip one. <laughs> Okie dokie, here we go. Hi, your note, are you okay? I can't talk. She's listening. No, she's not. She's with Miss White. And you need to tell me what they're doing to you, because if you're in danger, I'll take you out of here. No matter where I go, she'll find me. Mackenzie, we're not going to let her. Now, you said in your note that they put something inside of you. What was it? A computer chip. Uh... Wait, 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 is this a recent episode of Spe- uh, Spe- This is the new season, first episode. First, right off the bat, they're, they're straight oh, yeah. into the chips. We go right into it. <laughs> this is great. Mackenzie. It has all my information on it. <laughs> it knows everywhere I go. That's how they found me yesterday. Okay, I can't hide. They didn't find you. We did. 
And there's no computer chip inside you. There is. Look. Wait, let me guess. She got it from a flu shot? Is that how they injected it into her? Am I guessing? Am I guessing right? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Looks like you got a shot. She's in a shot. That's how Dr. Zadok put it in. Look, there's nothing in your arm. They probably told you that so you would behave. No! Okay, I'm not lying. It's for real. Please just feel it. It's dying. What is that? I told you. A computer chip. <laughs> Who produces this again? Is this a Dick Wolf production? Is it Dick Wolf? Great. The guy has no shame. This is awesome. This is we'll awesome. We'll get to the second half of that clip, but first let's I, do well, it. I, I just have to say, I kind of like the idea of they're just telling you that to make you behave. That's just as good, isn't it? Just to say oh, yeah. that they're shooting a chip into you. Uh, even if they haven't, just to get you the to whole, behave. The entire show was extremely sinister. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, they took it way over the top. I mean, you know, these guys, they have to compete with these boneheads doing things like Hawaii Five O. Oh, no, no. We'll get to that one later, please. Don't, don't, don't uh, torture me with it. Yeah, I know. I see it. Content. I see it sitting okay. there. Yeah. Let's first thank a few people. Okay. And, uh,. Yes, let's thank a few people, please. We only have to thank two, according to this. <laughs> I, I know, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, wow, shitty week. Did we yeah, suck on the last show? We must have sucked on the last show. We must have stunk. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, we got uh, one executive producer and one associate, uh, and uh, the uh, executive producer from Eindhoven, Netherlands, is pronounced... I would say Tisa Barel, but this is not a Dutch name. No. Tisa... Ties, apparently. Well, it, it, it's T-I-E-S-E. It's not ties. Is it pronounced ties? There's a pronunciation a pronunciation guy for Adam. You would ties mm. in the Netherlands. John, good luck. Hmm. Ties. Oh, I get it. So, th- oh, so this is just pronounced. Oh, I get it. This is phonetic phonetic spelling for you. Got it. It's ties. Ties. No, as you would. Hold on. Ties. Yeah, ties. Jeez. Okay. All right, Tice. Thank you very much, Tice. Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Uh, after uh, listening for quite some time, I thought it would be, uh, be time to stop being a douchebag and provide some value for value. I enjoyed the show very much. It's become part of my weekly routine. It should be a twicely week, twicely weekly. Uh, although there is a hole in my week on Tuesdays, <laughs> it helps to keep me critical towards events. The reason I'm having trouble reading this is because I have to have the mic a little bit over here so it doesn't feed back. And there's a, the sun is blinding me. Oh, okay. The sun's hitting me in the head. I, guess, I don't I guess believe they... everything you guys say and inform Adam I'm a folder. <laughs> well, What's that? <laughs> You've been de-douched. Yeah, for a long time on the Daily Source Code, we had the scruncher folder uh, oh, okay. issue. So he's a folder. Good, good. And of Mitch, course didn't this isn't this Mitch Bidron who? Uh, yes, yes, this is Mitch Bidron. Okay, we're credit we're crediting him for executive producer because you uh, misspelled his name on the on your uh, on your. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I completely screwed that up. Absolutely, right. Mitch Mitch Bidron. And this is not just a recredit. He sent another two hundred dollars. 
Oh, he did? Yeah. Guys, Mitch Brown, really, I do understand that it's challenging dealing with the contributions you're getting, but perhaps it's time for a new system. For all I know, the karma that I was hoping for for my wife, Jill, is screwed up. (laughs) (sighs) Way to stick the knife in, Mitch. (laughs) Also, one of your biggest claims that this is an official credit. Well, good for Mitch Brown, whoever the hell that is, because I I miss... That was, by the way, that was only posted for about three or four hours. It wasn't all Uh, that bad. He actually... Because I caught it immediately. And it wasn't a matter of the system. It was just a matter of... uh, I don't know why you put Brown down. You you know, I think it might have been an automatic spell checker thing or something, because it makes no sense. Why would I do that? Because I'm reading along with the spreadsheet. But anyway, he did email me again, and he says, "Uh, dude, quick apology. With the wife being sick, uh, you know, his human resource has been sick for 18 months. Uh, He he says, you know, I I just like I was a little crazy. I didn't mean to fly off the handle there. Uh, I would have, too. And uh, (laughs) actually, uh, he says that her issue is severe headaches. For eighteen months, I'm thinking, you know, that maybe, maybe we could help or something. How about you know? getting a different doctor? How about getting a different husband? Yeah, you know, <laughs> is this is this the excuse she's given you, Mitch? <laughs> I got a severe headache. No, I think a different doctor, perhaps, uh, and you might want to try medical marijuana. Seriously, it, it could be completely stress related. They think it's a pinched nerve or something, but I can't believe that for eighteen months you can't get a uh, a doctor to diagnose this thing. This is weird. Anyway, he uh, he also wanted to promote, uh, uh, to promote his uh, his company that is is I guess it's a small one guy shop that he's uh, starting up, Simbid dot com S I M B I D, which is uh, sysadmin stuff. Ooh. Okay. You have a lot of sysadmin guys. Well, yeah, they're the ones that are going to save us, and they're the ones that are switched on. They know what's going on in Gitmo. So I want to thank them both for uh, supporting the show, and, uh, uh, and hopefully that, uh, Mitch will have a turn of uh, a lucky some, streak. Some good luck, yeah. We're certainly hoping for some karma. In more got, ways than one. I got a couple of uh, PR things. There's a brand new website, John, uh, that is uh, noagendacountdown.com, which is kind of cool. Uh, and what it does is if you take a look at it, it... Uh, it actually shows you the number of hours until the next show. <laughs> hours, minutes, seconds. And then, so you can basically, this is for people who don't have an iPhone and the, uh, the, the Pocket No Agenda iPhone app and they get the bat signal. So you can basically just leave this open in a browser somewhere. Uh, and, and so the clock, it's beautifully done. If you look, well, actually, you can't look at it now because it forwards to uh, No You'll see it for a second. Because the idea is when the show then goes live, when it hits zero, then that page refreshes automatically and brings up noagendastream.com. Kind of like a, a very low-tech uh, alarm clock radio, if you will. But I thought it was nice. It was pretty good, uh, pretty good little, uh, little effort there. So you can find that at uh, noagenda, uh, was it noagendacountdown.com. Then we have, uh, let me see. It works. Yeah, I know it works. <clears throat> Our uh, friend who did vajazzling.com is back. And uh, what's his name again? His name is uh, James. So here's my latest creation. I did something like this back in 2005 and raised over uh, $10,000 and got a mention in the Wall Street Journal. Not sure if it's going to happen again, but it's worth a shot. Let me know. He has set up noagendawall.com. I didn't know that this was the guy who had done that back in the day. So there's a wall. It has 10,000 squares. 
and you can buy a square for one dollar. So if you want to put, so I think I see a little uh, Big App Show logo in there, which I think takes up four squares. And what else is here? Trainsgoodplanesbad.com is taken up uh, two for six squares. There's a little oh Dvorak dot org slash blog has one square you cheapskate um so that yes <laughs> i guess there's like uh hey just hey, <laughs> it's hey. cool though and but what i like the most is the faq what is this site about the idea is simple to raise ten thousand dollars by selling ten thousand ad blocks for one dollar each half of the money will be donated to adam curry and john c dvorak's no agenda show and half will go to me to run the site and buy hookers and blow Seems like a reasonable split. I think, I think it's. I think it's very reasonable. Uh, is James one of the many fans of No Agenda? Yeah, dot com. So it's cool, and it worked before. So who knows? It could work again, and uh, certainly uh, appreciate that. And uh, then I got. Remember, we were talking about X Radio. Are we keeping all these links uh, uh, someplace? Yeah, they're all in the links that rock section of the show. And uh, the late the the newest links come in at the top. I've been doing that for I don't know two years. Thanks for checking it out. No, I check it out, but I always get the feeling there's a couple we leave out. Um, no, no. If anything, we leave some of them in too long, but <laughs> ones that have since perished. Uh, but I uh, I do purge it from time to time. Now we put it all in. Every, everything should be pretty current. If not, check it out. Let me know. Send me an email. Happy to fix it. The xradio.com. Um, is a, uh, I guess, either a low-powered FM or a pirate station. I'm hoping the latter. And uh, it is it broadcasts in the Lake LBJ area near Marble Falls, Texas, in Texas Hill Country. And uh, they put up, uh, they have a promo running now for the show. Oh, good. Which is, uh, yeah, it's a little piece of uh, of us talking about the Clear Act. I'll just play the last 15 seconds so you can kind of hear how, uh, how it's an automated station, which uh, has a computerized voice. Why don't we just give them the whole country? Like we haven't? It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. No agenda. 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Monday and Friday mornings on X Radio 91.1 FM. Cool. <laughs> we need to be on more stations like that. I dig it. Hey, whatever happened to your robot voice you used to have on the stream? <clears throat> well, Twitter became uh, pretty uh, unpredictable <laughs> with how they do stuff, and I kind of gave up. You know, I, I could try and reinvoke it because I really liked it, but also people were hacking. You know, so you had basically it would listen to tweets on a certain um, uh, Twitter address. You know, people would send in like number strings that were 5,000 digits just to hear the voice struggle over speaking all the digits. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like... And then so I, there you go. There's I, the problem with yeah. dealing with the public. Yeah, I had to continue building filters and then it's like, yeah, I'm like, nah, I just got really, really tired of it. So I figured, uh, screw it. Well, another, another good idea goes down the drain down the drain. the kids out there yeah, exactly. who are vandals. <laughs> Damn them kids. All right, Tice Burrell or Barrel or Buggle. It's probably that Tash Bagel. Hey, Tash, you Tash, you Bagel. That's how we'd say it in uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, you are this week's uh, or this episode's executive producer, episode two hundred and thirty-eight of the No Agenda Show, and Mitch Bidron, associate executive producer. Both of you uh, now have an official credit. I guess, uh, Mitch, uh, you have two credits to your name now. Make sure you add that uh, to your 
IMDb profile or certainly to your email signature. And we appreciate everyone who uh, donates at uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. All the rest of you out there. Well, we've got a formula. We need you to go out. We need you to propagate it loud and proud. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. Come on, everybody. Say it loud, proud now. Shut up, say. Yay. All right. So we can, uh, and yeah, Dvork.org slash Shane, help us out. We didn't do that well this week. We'd appreciate it. No, we didn't. Because uh, I guess we suck. Become a week. knight. That's my motto. Yeah, how are the so, rings? <laughs> have you spoken to uh, Paul, Sir Paul Couture? No, I haven't. I, I'll send him an email because I, I, I think I owe him a, I think I have to send him some money so he can get the thing finished. Oh, hello. I mean, we've been saving. No, no, mo- I, but he hasn't told me. I, he's been. He hasn't given me a solid number. I can't just send him, you know, a blank check. Do we even have night? We don't even have knighthoods today, do we? No. Uh, okay. Well, great. I guess you really sucked on the last show. We'll play the second part of that clip. <laughs> oh, uh, the uh, SUV clip? The little girl's gotten a shot. Yeah. And she's got a computer chip in her, and she's freaked. Okay, here we go. So now they, oh, they sorry. take... I'm sorry. They take the little girl to, uh, they, you know, now you bum bum, and they go into some other place, and now they're in a lab. Is that my cue? Yeah, that was. Okay. We're in the lab. Actually, it's an RFID chip. Ah! Radio frequency identification. Like they put in... Uh, Dick Wolf helping people actually understand the acronym. This is so good. Thanks, Dick. Dogs. It's the same basic technology. So the Burtons can track every single move their daughter makes. Not yet. In the future, chips will be equipped with GPS. But for now, they simply carry a 16-digit number unique to each client. So why would the Burtons freak their kid out now if they can't even put her under surveillance yet? To save her life. If she were ever in an accident, the hospital could scan the implant and retrieve valuable medical information. So can any third-rate hacker, or Uncle <laughs> Sam for that matter. How much Belzer? <laughs> Belzer. Belzer plays, Belzer plays the, uh, the insane uh, public skeptic. Yeah, I like it. And he and it's always been and that's the way it comes to the that's the way I think it plays out with the people who watch these shows, which is that there's a reasonable scientist in the lab wearing a reasonable outfit explaining things reasonably, and then Belzer represents the crackpot fringe <laughs> yeah. who throws these little nuggets in every once in a while, but it's like eh, pfft, typical. Yeah, he's, he looks like a kook. Who cares? Typical, typical kook. Private information can you put in these chips? The applications are unlimited. In the future, we'll be able to track children, the elderly, criminals, immigrants. Welcome to the new world order. Ah! Just so you know, nobody forced McKinsey into this. I don't do any implantations on children without their consent. How could you put that inside your child without her consent? I didn't. She wanted it. McKenzie? Is that true? I had to say I did. If I didn't, she'd never let me go outside again. Kiddo, you were not being punished. Sweetie. Honey, you know how much I worry about you. I just want to keep you safe. You don't even like me. You just want Ella back. Mackenzie. Mr. Burton, may I? Wow. (laughs) It just gets worse. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The show is (laughs) a jaw dropper. Oh my goodness! 
Of course, on the heels of uh, kids actually being chipped, although not implanted, but at you know schools in California, uh, putting RFID tracking chips into the kids' backpacks and clothes, yeah, clothes, and uh, and taking their fingerprints to make sure they have the right lunch. I mean, this is getting <laughs> it's getting wacky. The more subtle message was that the uh, this whole thing was about some missing girl, and then this girl was adopted, and she was made to look like the missing girl because the mom was, you know, was nuts. Right. Well, no, this and, is, this is the perfect uh, the perfect reason to get your kid chipped. Of course. Well, no, the, the real the real subtlety here, and this part that is, if you really tear the story apart and take a look deeper, is that they did find the original daughter who had been abducted, as as somebody had suggested earlier, but the cops paid no attention to what the parents said. Mm-hmm. And then they found her 10 years later after she was forced into a marriage with some weird hillbilly at the age of 10 and uh, and kept, like, caged up. And then they finally found her at the end. Now, obviously, if she was chipped, this would have no, never happened. it would happened. never have happened. Of course not. It's just preparing everybody mentally. That's what it's about. Well, the way they do it, though, it's, it's, so it's really a very unique. I mean, not unique, but it's very subtle. And I mean, you have the Belzer character, so nobody looks like you're just being a brainwashing. You know, it doesn't look like you're just sitting out there brainwashing the public. So you have the Belzer character. He's the only one, by the way, who does that. Once in a while, somebody else will say something, but it's rare. And then, but the real underlying message is that this other girl who was finally found by a lot of hard police work would have been, would, this, it's just in the subconscious because it's never said. Nobody ever says it. They just have this one little section about the RFID chip and the scientists blabbling on about how many, oh, there's all kinds of cool applications. Yeah, it's cool. And, it's and then definitely the cool. Is, and so when the story finishes, you have, a, you kind of, I think within the brain, you have kind of this mixed message in so far as how valuable RFID might be. Well, I, I kind of like the uh, the dog message the best because, if, of course, if, if if your dog is chipped, then you're chipped. I mean, wherever your dog is, you're going to be, unless you've taken one of those doggy hotels when you're out. But people, I think, usually take their dog along for most things. So you're already kind of chipped. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what else is new? So this guy uh, has a dog that can go and get beer. And uh, and, and so open, he can he open the, the yeah, every, he every open couple the of weeks he gives the dog two dollars, and the dog goes and buys a six pack for two dollars and brings it back. And so one day he uh, doesn't have the two dollars in exact change, so he gives the dog a twenty, and the dog goes out and he doesn't come back. And the guy goes out and he finds him uh, humping a small little poodle who's got the twenty bucks in her mouth. And the <laughs> guy says, "What? You've never done this before?" And the dog says, "I've never had the money." <laughs> Let me let me give you one. In the morning. <laughs> you really don't anyway, deserve it for that. I'm, I'm just happen to be rereading the Legman books. Speaking of um, of the demon drink, uh, did you see this report on uh, on YouTube? It's from some local Fox station in Detroit where they uh, they camped out outside the GM plant and they watched all the workers uh, on their lunch break at eleven thirty uh, leave, go to the uh, the mini mart. They they all get like you know like uh, half gallon bottles of beer, and they and they down these in the, in the next fifteen minutes they're all drinking them in the park smoking weed, <laughs> and then they go back and finish our cars. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I know one of the cars are crappy. I, I didn't uh, I didn't get the whole. I mean, the whole clip is kind of stupid. I can uh, certainly play a little bit of it if you want. But so then the guy ambushes him. It's 
like these poor schmucks, you know, they're on the assembly line 10 hours a day. You know, of course, if you're just, you know, tightening some bolts and stuff, you, you got to get hammered. How else can you handle it? And then he's like, he's going to go follow them. He's like, hey, build any good cars today, slaves? I'll listen to a little bit here. Some Chrysler workers were using their lunch break to catch a bus. So we started following them. Turned up. Yeah, hold on. Days after President Obama's visit and caught them day after day, hitting up the party store, then hitting the public park to pound beers. Oh, and did I mention a little smoking? Hold on a second. Of course, now I, I I promised you it would get all screwed up. Here we go. You didn't take. Let's see where how many we're in. Twenty minutes into the show. <laughs> Here we go. The day shift at Jefferson North starts at six a.m. At eleven, there's a half hour lunch break. The partiers have just enough time to head up to the liquor store, drive about a mile to the park, consume for ten minutes, and get back to the plant in time to work the last three hours of their shifts. <laughs> Tuesday, September 14th, 10.57 a.m. Here oh, comes it's 11, our crew out for break. <laughs> now at the party store, 11.07. Hitting the coolers for some liquid refreshment. These guys are team players. Check out this handoff. He takes that quart of beer and adds a king can as he waits in the checkout line. This guy's got his hands full, too. <laughs> Looks like he was buying one for his buddy in the minivan. They're, li- they're literally drinking here with the, uh, you know, the with the bottles in paper bags in the park. Bash at eleven eleven. A minute later, here comes the big brew crew. These guys never missed a day we were watching. Last but not least, these guys show up at eleven fifteen. They brought their ray game. This dude takes a hit, takes a swig. <laughs> Another drag. <laughs> Passing the doobie back and forth. Let me just go to the part where he busts him. That's the funniest. It's like, hey, hey, did you build any good cars? Day after day. What what plant was every- this? It's the, uh, I don't know, Detroit. Let me see if it says. Mm. I mean, what company are we talking about? GM? GM, yeah, GM. Yeah, nice. Day we went to the park during lunch. People were there partying. Finally, last Friday... We'd seen enough. Hey, guys. Hate to be a buzzkill, but shouldn't you guys be building cars? <laughs> buzzkill. Buzzkill. Don't you guys work out at the Chrysler factory? Or Chrysler. You know, Chrysler. the government spent a lot of money bailing you guys out, and you coming out here on your lunch break drinking <laughs> like this? They're taking Where off. Where you guys going, man? You going to go build some cars now? <laughs> have beers? They all take off. <laughs> Is it the funniest thing? Like, of course they're drinking. Nuts. Yeah, what, do you, what do you expect? It's like that. That's... I worked on an assembly line in a couple of different places. Yeah. So I got a clue and realized that you want to be an inspector. Yeah, much better than being a bolt tightener. Um, it's a it, it it's 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 uh, it's boring. So I can see these guys getting hammered, but I don't remember ever being allowed to get off the facility during you know at any you know when you had a break. It wasn't that you you, you know you could go wandering around town. Oh. Doesn't make any sense. Mm. So uh, talking about bad reporting or good reporting in that case or bad reporting in some way. So we had a uh, we're having hot weather here in this area. Yeah, so are we. We had a hundred and five yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, that's hot. Yeah. Um. Uh, so there was a so they have this woman on one of the local stations who uh that's the NBC affiliate 
who, uh, first of all, she's, and I don't want to say anything disparaging, but uh, do you ever watch The Family Guy and this then this this kind of f- faux reporter Trisha Takanawa, mm, Asian so, or, Asian chick? Yeah, she's yeah. the Asian chick. Mm-hmm. I'm Chris. I'm Trisha Takanawa, the Asian reporter. <laughs> yeah. And well, this is. I found out who she, she has to be modeled after. This woman who's been floating around. This woman is. Uh, she she gave a report on a blackout in Castro Valley where the power went out for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And as though this was the it was a it was a once in a lifetime situation. This never happens. And she went from person to person, starting with a little kid in her interviews, uh-huh. who said, "Oh, the power went out. It was unbelievable. That it got dark." <laughs> and and she is like breathless during this whole thing. As though this is a real news report. I have it on here. I want to play it. But the with the weird thing, I, I every time I mention this. Uh, somebody always writes in. Well, you know, you're not. You shouldn't be. Yeah, don't saying be. Bit, this yeah, about, yeah, about she's cross-eyed. Asian. Okay, let's, let's just put it straight out there. <laughs> Wait, she's she's Asian and cross-eyed. Two strikes. Yeah, to, uh, to, not a little cross, and <laughs> not like the you know, not a little. I know who you're talking about. I have seen her. <laughs> yeah, well, she's in it. She's in the Bay Area now, apparently. It, anyway, it is. Uh, now, will we be clip? able to hear that she's cross-eyed in this clip? <laughs> that, I had to point it out, but the, but you you can hear what a stupid report this is, as though power going out is some horrible thing. And but anyway, play power goes out. Castro Valley, where the power is back on. Kimberly, take it away. Raj, this is normally what Castro Valley Boulevard looks like on a Saturday night. A fair amount of traffic moving easily, but a couple of hours ago, a very different story. Chaotic, to say the least, as drivers tried to navigate this busy stretch of road during the blackout. Lights are back on in Castro Valley after a power outage this evening that affected more than 34,000 residents, not just here, but in Hayward as well. I was watching a movie in my room and then it just started to play and then it shut off completely. It was sort of creepy because later in the day it started to get like pitch black everywhere. A PG&E <laughs> spokesperson says a heat-related equipment failure at their Castro Valley substation caused the blackout. It was a eerie feeling because I'm just... Is this the start of rolling blackouts? Is that what we're getting now, John? No, Is that it was just what's a blackout because, the, because of the, too many people had their air conditioners out. It blew something up. Whatever the case was, it was kind of like news, <laughs> like a big deal, this blackout. And there she's interviewing one person after another and one, with, with comments like, yeah, it was weird because it was dark. <laughs> no, I like, I like the one that with the kid is like, I was watching a movie and then it just stopped. Like, well, what's up with that? <laughs> These are the people who are at Universal Studios, okay? I'm telling you. These are the people that are walking around. It was yeah, one man. interview it got, one it got dark, on the street man. after another who were so stupid. It got dark, they were, man. They were, they were befuddled by this this situation, as if this doesn't happen once in a while. Well, the problem is uh, that uh, Pacific Gas and Electric didn't have time to put together the PR release, so they could just, you know, like, fill in the blanks. And normally, that's how news is created, and they didn't have time for that. Oh, it shouldn't shoot. have been reported at I all. Gotta, I the- got to go report now. Hold on a second, John. I think we should actually do this. And now, back to real news. So there is some real news that crosses over into our realm. Um, the first one, of course, would be Lilo. Lindsay Lohan failing her drug test. And uh, I think uh, I, I think this is headed towards Gitmo Jewelry. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it already is. Well, she, well, no. I mean, so first of all, she she uh, she put up like what three hundred thousand dollars bail. Yeah, so she get out. So she get out, right? 
And uh, but you know, do you know what drug she was doing though, John? Do you know why she failed? Ah, uh, this I do not know. Okay, well, there's pictures on the News of the World uh, website and in their uh, fine Sunday publication. Uh, pictures of Lindsay Lohan shooting up heroin. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pictures of her shooting up heroin and and I I might add making out. That has out, not been promoted on this side of the ocean. Oh, I well, I'm promoting it here. And making out with uh, Paris Hilton, I might add. Ooh. Oh yeah. Well, here, what's the website? Uh, <laughs> let me send you the link, my friend. <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> well, they're tongue kissing. It's hot. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's totally hot. Kissing. Yeah. No, look at it. They like they they are intimate. They're very intimate. And she's got the syringe, and she's, you know, tourniquet around her arm, although I think she has it in the wrong place. It looks like it doesn't even... Ah, no, okay. that's her. That's her. That's her for sure. Let me, uh, let me throw this into the uh, chat room. So These they are the worst photos. It. Well, they're from a cell phone, uh, clearly, and they come from x17online.com. That tells you what that... sell good cell phones. You know, oh, the guy my camera's at 8 megapixels. <laughs> Yeah, how cell come phone, these aren't... Cell phone cameras suck. They, well, these look sepiaized, if you know what I mean. Looks like someone made yeah. them sepia or something. Or or maybe it's just uh, they did it without a flash. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, that blows. How come we don't have good pictures? We, I mean, everyone's got like five or eight megapixels these days. How can this suck so bad? Hmm. Let's take a look at x17online.com. Have you looked at that yet? x 17 online Hilo on heroin well that would be account for her an inability to get off of it well so well hell yeah but this of course is kind of interesting because we know that the u.s government is actually behind the heroin propagation and uh and so now that you know oh, we go pick her up and by the way since when is it illegal to shoot up heroin is that actually illegal is that a federal crime to shoot uh, up heroin it, it can't you I think like possession do, is? Yeah, but they didn't catch her with possession. The she well, failed the drug. Her. She failed. <laughs> just <laughs> like the chip. It with her. Just like the chip. Well, no, but it's. I mean, the whole X-17 thing is outrageous. Like a TMC from. Uh, yeah, TMZ. 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 From, I mean, from uh, someplace else, or uh, maybe uh, is this a British TMZ? I don't. Pro- I don't know. I, I think they're only online. These guys. But they're good. They're you know. It's funny how a lot of pictures. how these stories break. You know, on these kind of obscure websites. So we have Mel Gibson, um, and they got and and that broke on RadarOnline.com, and now we have the Lindsay Lohan pictures X17Online.com. Where are these guys getting the money to get these exclusives? Yeah, you tell me. You, but this is this is the question, right? I mean, this is who's the, got all the money? Who's got all the money from dealing drugs? Thank you. So it's got to be the CIA. It's got to be someone. Someone has got to be funding these guys. Yeah, because by the way, you get good money for these photos. Except exclusive. Dina Lohan brought drinks to Lindsay's apartment the night before jail sentencing. I'm telling you, you can't just get this stuff. You can't afford it. The paparazzi would would be able to sell it for a lot more money to to other outfits. So Crystal Palin's DWTS partner meets Mama Sarah. What's DWTS? Dancing with the Stars, my oh, friend. Oh, Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, we, you know, we're looking at the wrong websites. You shouldn't be watching TMZ and E! Online. You need to be looking at these things, x17online.com. 
Hold on a second. Let's let me let me do a little look up of this. Who the hell is behind this? This is crazy. Alex and they say really under Lindsay Lohan. It's just like they're her personal publicist. Alexis Nyers on Lindsay Lohan. When you're making imbalanced choices, there's going to be repercussions, unquote. Uh okay. X seventeen online care of network solutions. Oh, okay. So there's no uh There's no, uh, so they have a hidden registration. You know, somebody in the chat room can probably dig something up. They should, because this is such big business that I find it hard to believe that if so, if you have pictures of Lindsay Lohan shooting up heroin, John, the first thing I do is I call you and I said, bitch, we're rich. <laughs> like, we're going all the way, baby. You know, we'd be going to network news, be calling, and, and what? And, and these guys go to x17online.com? That doesn't sound right. So anyway... It kind of gives more credence to the hypothesis that this is really just to show how the slaves need to be treated. And because, uh, I mean, how fast does this go? She went from a DWI, boom, she's got a Gitmo Nation uh, ankle bracelet jewelry on, and she's not allowed to drink, which, I, you know, I, not allowed to drink and drive, I understand. Not allowed to drink, okay, people are settling for that. You want to be a stupid slave and have the government tell you what you can put in your body in the privacy of your own home? fine and now and now it's heroin <laughs> don't you think that's kind of weird it's it things really slide fast for some people <laughs> uh, but yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense a lot of people are saying oh you know she's going to wind up dead she's going to commit suicide i don't think so i think she has to be really become the poster child i'm still waiting for the for the vogue layout uh you know with her with her ankle bracelet on failed the drug test well i agree there's definitely a scenario that at work here we don't i don't know that we fully understand what it might be because i mean obviously at some point the way these scenarios work is that you know all the government stuff that they do to her you know they throw her in jail they put a bracelet on her they do this they do that and then she comes out of it clean and becomes a spokesperson telling people that they should do this or not do that or whatever I, and i'm i just want to see the 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 heroin ankle bracelet that's all I care about. I want to see that, and then then we'll know. It well, the whole thing could be a setup because they maybe they've just developed one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, the development of the, the the braces that can tell that you've been drinking has got to be high tech because it's got to be a contact. It's your perspiration. Yeah, it's, it's your perspiration. Perspiration. Yeah, but it's got to, then it's got to have a small lab in there so it can determine that the perspiration's got whatever it's, it's looking. It's a little for. lab. It's a lab on so a it's chip. Got, so it's, so it's essentially a small micro laboratory, uh, and so to do that with heroin would be a huge breakthrough for these guys. I mean, maybe it's time to invest in this company. This BI, BI Incorporated out of uh, Colorado. Well, I, yeah, they're I, private, I think. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so there was more interesting real news that I'd just like to call out, uh, which, uh, and it's very obvious why this one hit the airwaves. And this came, this came through E! Online, or E! Entertainment Television. They're the ones that broke the story. Katy Perry and Elmo banned from the airwaves. Yeah, this is a lot of free publicity for Katy Perry. And how about for uh, for the new season of Sesame Street? Elmo. Please, <laughs> this it's so obvious. All right, so we're and and you know it's like apparently this video leaked onto YouTube. Yeah, right. Okay, so they put it on YouTube themselves. And that's obvious. And then based upon the comments on YouTube, people were outraged at her jiggling boobs. 
This is inappropriate for Sesame they Street. They were jiggling. They were sort of pumped up with a one of those bustiers or something. They were so... They weren't pumped up. They looked like nice, healthy boobs. No, they, she was wearing an uplifting thing. She, well, she had, you saw some cleavage. She's so not a what? big top woman. No, but it was, just, it was just nice boobs. I think it was weird that she was wearing, uh, she was dressed as a bride. That was a little creepy. But come on, it's like, so? It's just weird. And just, just promoting Sesame Street. Did and see, Katy Perry. Did you see uh, Michelle Obama on Sesame Street? You know, I might have. I have a clip Play. of uh, her appearance uh, with Big Bird and uh, the uh, the vegetable crop or something like that. Well, look who's here to push your husband's socialist health care agenda. Or maybe you're here to finally show us your husband's United States birth certificate. Big Bird, I'm not. That's because you can't. Are you absolutely sure he wasn't born in Kenya? I'm sure, Big Bird. That's not what the basket bunch says. Yes, your husband's a stinking liar. I hadn't actually seen that from Saturday Night Live. I liked it. No, who is playing who? Um, I don't know. I, it looked like Michelle. Well, it, it was it was an actual Sesame Street scene, except they just did the overdub on Big Bird and the uh, and the and the vegetable oh, bunch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's kind of amusing. Mm. Anyway, so uh, with that, we will close out uh, real news. And now, back to real news. So, uh, you wanted to talk about Hawaii Five-0. Yes, uh, I have but not... before you do, I do have a clip. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it, but you said it really, really sucks, so I haven't, I haven't watched any of the new season, okay? If you don't mind. I'm too busy watching C-SPAN. Yeah, well, there's not that much on C-SPAN. Uh, play the... This is the kind of acting... By the way, the Hawaii Five-0 also employs Jiggle Cam... So you you get sick watching the show, literally. You get sick yeah. to your stomach. They, the camera's never still for more than a split second. They, they're moving it left and right and up and down, and they're wiggling it, and they're going down and up and, and under. And it's dark. I don't know if anyone out there has been to Hawaii. Hawaii is a bright, bright place. <laughs> the sun shines down in a, at, a, uh, at an angle that makes the place extremely well lit. You'd think you were living in – do you think this was like in New Jersey in the winter? <laughs> It's so dark in the show. But anyway, here's the, here's the kind of fine acting. Here they, they have a guy, they want to recruit him back to the police force. He was thrown out for corruption. And, and these two clowns are going to bring him back in just uh, based on his word. Did you take the money? No. Come with us. And we don't need to talk about this again. Ever. This is your ticket back into the game. Call it payback, call it whatever you want. I don't care, but I need you. How do you know you can trust me? Because my old man did. You know, I can't believe that you have, like, an argument with me over playing the full Stephen Colbert clip on C-SPAN for five minutes. You're like, oh, no, it's too long, which we can deconstruct. Let me, let me, and let you're, me. you're making me listen to this crap. I'm tired Here's of this crap. Here's another thing that bugs me about this show. 
What you can barely hear these guys because this music is like amped way too high. It's just the worst yeah, but show. Who cares? I can't stand. Yeah, but why watch it? Stop. You know, I think we, we need, an, inter- we need an intervention on you, John. This is like the fourth week in a row where you're playing crap. Okay, go ahead with crap your little, shows. Your Hawaii Five O complaint. I have no complaint. Although I haven't watched it, I don't watch that. I'm not watching it. Your television is hypnotizing you. Do you understand this, John? Listen to me. What? It's the, the frequencies from the television are making you go back and watch this stuff, and I bet you you're watching with at least one of your kids. No, that's even worse. Are you are you sitting <laughs> in your underwear? Alone. Do you have your I'm hand alone in my room? Do you have your hand in your pants when you're watching this? Are you, are you just sitting there going? Uh. The fact of the matter was these idiots showed it again. Well, stop. And I was flipping through the channels, and I just caught this out of the blue. The whole show is like this. You have to stop this, okay? One more clip. I got one more Hawaii Five-O clip. No! (laughs) No! I can't listen to it. it, Who cares? Uh, We're we're dying here, man. We can't listen to this shit. All right, on to your next topic. All right, let me go to Gitmo Nation East. A story today in the Daily Express. This, This is beautiful. Headline, front page. Tax cuts for good citizens. Oh, yeah. This is where it's going. Council tax. That's kind of like like municipality tax. Rebates coming for members of the public who become special constables is among a raft of incentives being considered by ministers preparing for the biggest shakeup of policing in decades. So now you can become... Uh, a think <laughs> you can become a Nazi. You can become one of the party, and you will get tax breaks if you become a block a, Nazi. A spe- <laughs> block Nazi, exactly. Volunteers could see their council tax bills halved as a reward for helping police patrol the streets. It's I not- saw you. Did. Yeah, I saw you put the extra. You put you put some recycling in the garbage can. I saw that. I saw, I you, saw spit, that. you spit out gum. I saw you spit out some gum on the street. Wow. <laughs> the specials they're called the specials the special constables I, yeah when we live there that that country is just exactly the way orwell portrayed it in 1984 it's unbelievable that they it's unbelievable to me that that public puts up with what they put up with well it's obvious why there's the fluoride in the water they've they've they're chemtrailing all over the place the complete ah, you're, this is second half stuff is fluoride in my cup? There's a lot of fluoride in the water in the UK, and there's no debate. People are completely anesthetized, and if they're not getting it through the water, they're drinking themselves into oblivion. That's what's happening there. Remember in the 70s, the thin white Englishman with a friggin' stick and stones and smoke bombs and, and, you know, and, a, and a bandana around their face, you know, and they go out there and they burn crap down. And now the French are outdoing you. You should be ashamed of yourselves, you Gitmo East slaves. You've got to get out there and go kick some ass. Frick it. You know, these special constables, we had them uh, on our square when we lived there. And, they, they're, they're, you know, they're total Nazis. They're dicks. They're total dicks. And they come over, you can't park there. I'm parked here for a minute. You can't park there. I'm calling uh, the parking police. <laughs> the PCSOs. Yeah, we have those types of people here, although they're, they don't. Yeah, but they don't have badges. They don't encourage it. They don't have, yeah, they don't have badges. 
And uh, this is even better. The, the UK's tax collection agency, also known as uh, what we would call the IRS, or they call Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, HMRC. Please note the Her Majesty. That woman is not just like some figurehead. She's taking your money. It's Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs Collection Agency. Have put forth a proposal. It's been out for a couple of weeks. We haven't talked about it. Uh, that all employers should send employees paychecks to the government first, after which the government will then deduct what it deems as the appropriate tax, and then will pay the slaves, I mean the employees, by bank transfer. So instead of filing taxes and paying appropriately or having withheld by your company, no, 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 we're going to do it differently. All companies, send your money to the queen, and she'll take a look at you, slave and decide what should be taken out of your paycheck. That, that's actually, that concept is actually being looked at seriously in this country, too. Duh! This is, this is why we know that Gitmo Nation East is the model. We know it's the, along with the, the lowlands, it's the, it's the beta testing ground for everything that we're going to see. Who's, who's flying that kite here in the States? I just heard, overheard it on one of the shows. Really? Jeez. Now, we got our own problems here, though. The, uh, the TSA out of control now. This, uh, well, you should listen to this report about this woman who uh, is, has filed, well, actually, I guess the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, is filing a lawsuit on her behalf. And, of course, she's hot. I have to point this out. So we've got a hot CNN reporter with a hot uh, soccer mom, kind of milfy, uh, and this would normally fall under the trains good, planes bad, but I just put it under Gitmo Nation because, uh, well, that's what it Checkbook is. Checkbook. Kathy Parker says her travel nightmare started with this wallet. They uh, went through compartments. You know, they kind of look through mm-hmm. like this. And in this compartment, I keep a lot of cha- um, receipts. So they were actually pulling out receipts. Now, if this, ha- if this happened to me, if I saw that, I, I would be, hey, hey, hey. Put that down right now. That's not your job. Put that down. And the problem here, she just went along with it. She went, that's kind of weird. They're pulling out my receipts. What do you think they were trying to nail her on, John? I have no idea. And they're looking at them. They would open it all the way up. And that is when Parker says her trip through Philadelphia airport security went too far. It was very uncomfortable. It was embarrassing to have your personal... Things from inside your wallet, receipts, just you know, laid out in the open, and people looking, and it was, um, it was just a horrific experience. And that wasn't all. Parker was flying to Charlotte, North Carolina, on business in August when she says transportation security administration agents and local law enforcement detained her for an hour, questioning her, searching her personal items, even calling her husband to say she was suspected of embezzlement after finding eight thousand dollars in checks in her wallet. Uh, what kind of embezzlement do you think it would be, John? I mean, these, these are TSA guys. They're, they're like Dick Tracy. Well, you they're, must they're be real embezzling smart. against the TSA. No, no, no. These, now, these guys are Sherlock Holmes, man. Listen to this. They told him that they detained me because they suspected it was a divorce situation <laughs> and that I was emptying out our bank accounts. What? <laughs> like, that's illegal? 
What? Yeah, what I, has the TSA got to do with this? <laughs> I don't know. What is wrong with this country that they allow this sort of thing to continue? I don't My know. My wife went up to uh, Seattle on the plane the other day, and she was uh, detained for a half an hour because she wouldn't go through that stupid scan. Yes, good on you, Mimi. Good on you, Mimi. She almost missed her flight because they just had her standing there for a half an hour. She they said, can't can I do sit that. down? How come somebody can't frisk me? Oh, we can't. That's too bad. The, the, you know, really? you, you, you asked for the, for this. You asked for the delay. She says, it's like punishment. And the guy says, yeah. So basically they're punishing people for, for. Wait for a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, John. Now, we've discussed this on the show. Didn't she have her printout that shows that it is an opt-out situation? Oh, no, it's fine. She has no they, – they, they said there's no problem, but she had to wait until the woman could could pat her down because they, she wouldn't let a guy – she said, let a guy do it. I don't care. Oh. She said, no, no, no. We have to have a woman, and she's on her break. <laughs> about this what are you gonna do get outraged well here it is here's the story unreal i can't that's screw this story mimi's story is a lot more interesting so she opted out did they hassle her before before they finally said stand over so why here slave why are you opting out why are you opting out and so she came up with some reason to opt out she even no, no she, what was her reason i want to know the reason she said she was claustrophobic well that's a dumb reason you should gotta uh, say she because wasn't thinking. because she could come up with a better reason. I mean, if you don't, I got I got a million reasons. Yeah, well, why about, did you say how, how about how, how, yeah? How about uh, uh, radiation? And you're gonna die first, you shit. Yeah. Well, anyway, so <laughs> she got, but the guy said, okay, whatever. So they, but they still the real hang up was keeping her there for a half an hour waiting so she could get patted down. So they actually I think hell with it. And by the way, a bunch of people got delayed in this thing because the the flight that she took, she like she, she I I helped book it and I the flight was should have been full. She said there's at least 10 empty seats and it was all because they barely got you know, she came late to the gate and there were still people stuck back there because they were training people. Well, wait a minute. They acknowledged that it was punishment for an opt-out, correct? They acknowledged this. Essentially. Well, did why didn't she get, like, some, some badge numbers or something? She's got a lawsuit here. Well, she what for what? Just to Standing? stir up some shit, at least. Come on, this yeah, is the problem. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to stand up to these assholes. She did. She waited and waited. And she got screwed. That's it's not like, standing look, up. That's being a slave. Branch of this government does something. You can fight this all you want. You're going to just get screwed because the public at large doesn't give a crap. Yeah, but there's just some lone guy standing around looking like an idiot because nobody else cares. But you can't do this as a single person. You what have you to. You have to never start. Get on a flight? You, you have to start somewhere. We're just two yeah. guys. We're just two guys talking about this stuff. What if we say, well, we're just two guys. We can't do anything. Why even bother? No, I think that the problem is that we got to get people. At, it has to be a movement. It can't be one person. If like only one person in the entire country doesn't go through that thing, it's not going to work. You all can sue them all you want. Yeah, maybe you get fifteen bucks. It's going to. Who's going to pay for the lawyer up front? We don't have any fees for this or funds for this. You have to start a website. You got to go through a campaign. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of work involved. Starting a website is really hard. I agree. This is how about um, all right? No agenda producers out there. Let's start a website called Mimi says Screw You TSA dot com. 
No, how about a website called TSA Horror Stories and start collecting them so it doesn't look like a personal vendetta of one of the members of the show who's outraged because his wife was delayed a half an hour in the TSA line, which you've been done a million times. How come you haven't sued them? Well, because they didn't say they didn't say I was being punished. They, well, I don't know that that's the exact word, and she doesn't have the guy's badge number, so there's nothing she can do. In fact, try to get anybody's badge numbers while you're floating through the TSA. They got the badge on their hip. It's impossible. Yeah, this is, something's got to stop here. Hmm. TSA no, horror fact stories. That is, if this woman's having, they're rifling through her receipts, and and then you can't go, you can't opt out of that stupid device. It's you ridiculous. can, you can. These guys are completely out of control, and the guys who run the TSA don't seem to give a crap. And they don't. And they're, they're, in fact, if I was in the TSA, I'd probably be arrogant and, and be lording it over everybody too. It's so much fun. <laughs> you would. You you, you actually I'd would be, be such worst. a dickhead. I'm telling you, you would be that kind of guy. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. What are you going? No, 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 no. You got. You can't cut underneath the rope. You can't just because there's nobody in line. Go through the whole thing. <laughs> Walk back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Hey, Nobody, give me the, give me forth. give me that water, slave. <laughs> water. Dispose all water. Dispose all water. No containers with more than three point three ounces are allowed. You're good at it. That, there's You're... a guy in San Francisco going. No containers more than three point three ounces. If it says it has more than three point three ounces, I don't care if it's half full. It's still not allowed. No, really. <laughs> Yeah, this is a guy in San Francisco. He's barking at everybody. He says, "He says if the if the container says four ounces and there's no ounces in it, it's still not allowed. If it says four ounces, in other words, you can bring in an empty container that says four ounces. <laughs> and you he's going to make it throw it out." <laughs> I, I got to tell you that when they're barking like that, this is the thing I this is the thing I do. I, I when they go, like, put your laptop in the in the bin. Okay, sure, I will, sir. That's what I always do, and it freaks him out. You just got to bark back at him. Okay. Yes, I will, sir. Yes, I will. Right now. I'm doing it right now. You can, you can ask Mickey. I do that all the time. She will not <laughs> She will not go through before or after me. I don't blame her. She, she, will, she wants at least five people distance. I don't blame her. Well, it's also security for me because... You're going to you know, get clubbed. <laughs> don't tase me, man. Whatever you do. Wow. Speaking of ounces, and then we should get to our donations... Um, producer John Thompson. Hey, Adam, I run a small eBay store. I sold a book, packed it up, put stamps on the package, and took it to the post office on Tuesday. Today, I get my mail, and the post sent me my package back with this shut-up slave note. It was returned to me with a sticker saying that anything mailed with stamps that weighs over 13 ounces has to be paid for at the post office by an employee. And this, of course, is to protect our security. Did you know about this? Yeah, I did, as a matter of fact. Is it used to be apparently 16 ounces uh, since the 90s, even. And then uh, after 9-11, they uh, changed it to 13 ounces. Like, you yeah, can't make it. Yeah, they're doing some, some, like you can't, they change it arbitrarily to like show that they're doing something. Like, you can't make a 12-ounce pipe bomb. I mean, what, what, what is you this? Can't, you probably can't make a 12-ounce pipe bomb, but I think there's other kinds of bombs you can make that it could be 12 ounces. Yeah? Do you have anything on your website? No. <laughs> you sure? Not Dvorak.org slash pipe bomb under 12 ounces? <laughs> Are you sure? I just want to make sure that e- Echelon gets it all. 
Yeah, yeah. You and the and the local the block Nazi. Go yeah. check it yeah. out. Hey, hey, he's making pipe bombs, and I think he's got kitty porn on his computer. I think you should go check him. It's coming up. It's coming up, dude. You just watch. It's coming up. Well, they got they finally busted some guy who was planting kitty porn. Yeah, which just scares yeah. the crap out of everybody because it's like. I, I, this happened in Oakland in some situation where there's a uh, some onerous situation taking place with the school board, and somebody planted some bogus kitty porn on some uh, executive's computer, yeah. to, who, some psycho, and uh, he had to resign. I mean, they never filed charges or anything, which seems unlike. And what was he doing with? You know, it was like because it, it was kind of weird the way it appeared, and but that's like a, a great way to get rid of your boss. I think people out there should consider this. <laughs> First, you got to get the kitty porn. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I think anything is kitty porn. I mean, they've made it so nudity is pornography. So anything, in fact, if you remember back before the digital era, there was a number of stories where where the uh, the local uh, block Nazis that were working at the photo finishing places in the drugstores around the country were supposed. Oh yeah! To look oh out, yeah! Oh yeah! They, look out yeah. for naked, you know, kitty porn going through the system, and yeah. some poor schlub like an idiot took a picture of his little baby yeah. on a bearskin rug bear which used run, to be yeah. a thing you're supposed to do with your kids just as to keep so you can show it to them later and they and they went through the uh went through the system somebody turned a guy in he got arrested for kitty porn yeah no this happened recently too when uh some people took a vacation to one of the national parks and everyone was swimming around just naked you know and they took some pictures uh, but I think if you're still uh, taking pictures with uh, film and having it developed at the one-hour photo, you're a shit, and you deserve to be thrown in jail anyway. Get, well, a, that's a, get a digital camera, will you? But you're so liberal yeah. about that. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, is that this that kitty porn is now you don't even know what it is because they you know they don't show it in Australia. It's not when the guy goes to to court, that anybody gets to see what what we're talking about in Australia, flat-chested women are is kitty porn. Right, flat-chested women in their twenties and thirties and forties and fifties are kitty porn. But this even happened in the uh, in the early nineties with with us in, in New Jersey. We had a picture of Christina with her butt sticking out of like some cute outfit, with her high heels on and Minnie Mouse ears, which is just too cute for words. And uh, oh, Patricia got a real talking to from the uh, from the block Nazi at the one-hour photo. It's, it's ridiculous. It is. Anyway. Let's thank uh, some of the people who support this show. Yes, let's do that. Let's begin with uh, Christopher Ball from Steamwood, Illinois. $150 uh, one-time donation. Thank you, John and Adam, for a great show. I listen on my commute, as many of the listeners do. Uh, we, we service the commuters. And in my long training sessions for Ironman triathlon, swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, <laughs> And run 26.2 miles. It's been a while since I donated and felt it necessary, especially to call out two people. Ah. I turned into the I turned onto the show long ago, and they've yet to donate. Trevor uh, Buzanow of uh, Bu, oh, I'm sorry, Buenzau. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's give me a break on this name, Buenzau from DeKalb, the cab, if it was in Georgia, Illinois. And Nathan Miller of Brownsburg, Indiana, you are both douchebags. Douchebag. Give him a second one. Okay. Douchebag. There you go. Uh, Nate, that's the, the, both the Trevor and Nathan. Oh, by yeah, the by the will. by the way, I just like to say, people, because uh, we have a lot of new listeners to the show. Apparently, uh, coming in from all over Gitmo Nation, as we do seem to gain some traction. 
Uh, you don't get deduced just by saying, I want to be deduced. You don't get a douchebag call out if you haven't actually sent in any money. That's not how it works. Someone else can call you out as a douchebag who was actually a non-douchebag. <laughs> and you also can't get a birthday shout out if you're a douchebag. Please. That's, that's our formula. <laughs> and we'll hit you in the mouth. Uh, Jonathan H. Miller of Brownsburg, Indiana, $110.20. John and Adam, in the morning to a donation of 112, $110.20. Is double nickels on the dime times two, hoping it makes up for two years of being a douchebag. Mm. I travel between Chicago and Indianapolis weekly, and no agenda comes in handy for those long commutes, number two. Please de-douche me. Yeah. Douchebag. sorry. You've been de-douched. You know, I can't believe that we're actually... So against high-speed rail when that's where the audience lives? <laughs> when you think about it. No, we want slow-speed rail. They can yeah. listen to it longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I think many people listen in their cars. But, yeah, I'm sure we have a lot of uh, – but those people are already taking the train. That high-speed rail is a fraud. It's not going to help. It's going to save them 10 minutes. There's a, there was a high-speed rail this crazy, the X2000 or whatever it's called up in Sweden that runs from uh, Stockholm to Gothenburg. And uh, it's like it's one of those leaning trains. So if you stand up, you'll get sick as a dog. But it leans, you know, on the regular tracks. And it's the high speed rail of Sweden. And they used to have this apparently a very luxurious train with the dining cars and all the rest of it uh, that used to go the same route. And it's a long ways. But the only apparently the difference in time is like 20 minutes. When all is said and done right. with all this expensive, weird train. Well, there's I, na- I thought it was there's, a fiasco. There's now a train from uh, Moscow to Nice once a week. It only takes 52 hours. <laughs> Moscow to Nice. <laughs> yeah, there, Mos- there's the commuter's train. <laughs> and, and check this out. It's 1,050 euros for a one-way ticket. Hey, hey EasyJet. Have you ever heard of it? Ruskies? <laughs> Dummies. Anyway, Nathan also says he wants to. Uh, he says my friend Chris from Streamwood uh, called uh, him out early in the show. There's no amount of deducing that will help you. Oh Chris. yeah, yes, 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 yes. you've been deduced. That should help. Won't help. Stefano Scalia, Fremont, California. He'd like a douching and a douchebag call out to Matthew Evans. Okay, Matthew Evans. And here's your douching. You've been deduced. $69 from Stefano. Uh, Joe Murphy, Bella Vista, Arkansas, 5678. Uh, great to hear you mention David Suarez's books on the last Thursday show. Excellent book. I've not heard you mention Court. Uh, I think it should be Corey Doctorow. Not Corey Doctorow. Little brother, uh, yeah. This is also one that must read. Anyway, spread that funky de-douching. Okay, he needs to de <laughs> Wait, he wants me to spread. He, read it he properly. spread the funky de-douching all over my face. <laughs> no, it's, he says that sweet funky de-douching. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Yeah, but you smell bad. Uh, Okay, Michael Schultz, Palm Beach, Florida. All right, Palm Beach. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Just refer to me as Michael from Palm Beach. Okay, well, there we go again. There you go. Good job, John. I have a few <laughs> dollars left after Matt. This is from last week. I don't okay. remember this. I do. Uh, Ulrich Hansen uh, from Denmark, it appears. Is that right? Ulrich. Yeah, Denmark, Denmark, Denmark. From Copenhagen, as a matter of fact. Double nickels on the dime. <sighs> Please de-douche me. Pronounce, pronunciation for my name is the U and U in U link in the short version of U and Ulrich. Fool. U 
Ulrich. 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 There we go. You've been de-douched. This is ridiculous. Murray Rob. Not everybody needs a de-douching. Murray Rob, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Double Eagles on a dime. John and I have been listening since show one. This is my first donation. Please de-douche me. I need an extra strong one. Turn it up to decibels. Also, Sun September 26th is my wife Michelle's birthday. We'll do that in a second. So can I, do I, I'm not allowed to deduce anymore? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, you can deduce. I'm good. <laughs> You've been deduced. I'm just complaining. All right, just uh, and then uh, Nathan Rennick, uh, who is uh, Double Nickels on the Dime, is got a birthday call out. And uh, f- then we got Steve Quinton, London, Ontario. Uh, he was called out. Oh. Interesting. And so he's ordered his coin and he's making his donation. Please de-douche me. This one is deserved. Oh. And please call out Curtis Hiller as a douchebag. Curtis. And here's your de-douching, Steve. You've been de-douched. This is getting annoying. And Curtis, Curtis is being called out as a douchebag for never donating and also for being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, so I'll second that. Du- double de-douche. Douchebag. Patrick. And to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um. Patrick Fusil, uh, looks like, Garfield, New Jersey, $50 uh, in the morning is my donation. Uh, he needs karma for, uh, he's also saying an, an extra $8 for, I don't see the $8. No. But, uh, oh, $42 plus $8 for me. Oh, there we go. The cranky geeks being Condolences, done. yeah. Right. Uh, unless zombies may be involved, uh, please mention uh, my Twitter at KissStory, C-K-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y, need some followers. Uh, and patrickfusile.wordpress.com, F-U-C-I-L-E. Clark Hunter, Reading, Pennsylvania, $50. Jacob Clemens, Waukesha, Wisconsin, $50. I have an idea. I have an idea. Why don't we take a playbook from uh, the block Nazis and just do a group dedouching? Y'all get in the dedouche shower together, and we just do one dedouching. I think this is a, just a, a, a short-term fad. Okay. Uh, we could try that. Lars <laughs> Inc. Wolin in Oslo, Norway. Uh, heads up to Adam. He's a former Russian spy. Seems like Norwegian Secret Service is part of the program. Shut up, slave. And he's got some uh, website you should check out. Yeah, no, I've seen this. This is the uh, uh, the, Nor- the new Norwegian uh, uh, like underground hilltop crackpot command center as the Russians move in. It's like, of course, they're in bed with the Russians. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, then we have Mark uh, Beakers of Kingfisher Shores. I think it's Bokers. And he's challenging me. He says, New yeah. South Wales. He's a Dutchman and living in uh, Down Under. I think it's Bokers. Okay, Bokers. And now say it with an N. B- with an N? Yes. Nurkers. No, it's bo- <laughs> it's Bokers. And now say it with an N. Just say Nurkers. it. <laughs> Burkers with an N. Uh, thanks. Forget about it. The Dutch people will appreciate what I was trying to do. Oh, there's a there's a pun. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Oh, Nurkers it means nuts or balls or something like that. <laughs> Never mind. I mean, that's that's your humor. <laughs> yeah, that's my Scott humor. Serena, Cobb, California, fifty dollars. Happy birthday, to my son Elliot. We'll do that in a second. Introduce him to the show. He now is a fifteen year old and now a loyal listener. Good the show is an integral part of his education. Give him a no agenda. Happy birthday and de douche me as well. <sighs> okay. You've been de douched. All right. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no agenda. 
I'm telling you, we got to move towards uh, mass dedouching. It's just becoming outrageous. Happy birthday. Uh, Mur- uh, Murray Robs is happy birthday to his wife, who uh, is just apparently named wife. And it's her birthday today. Scott Serena for his son Elliot, 15, on uh, 10-5-10. And Nathan Rennick turns 42 today. It's your birthday, yeah. Now, you know, yes. people who want to donate can go to No Agenda. They want to. They should. People should go to noagendashow.com, uh, dvorak.org, slash na, or channel dvorak.com, slash na, and, uh, and uh, support the show. Uh, this is the only reason we do the show. It's 100% uh, listener-supported. We do, we do not take donations other than from the listeners. We do not take donations from, from companies for advertising. We do not take underwriting. We do nothing. This is 100% listener-supported. Which, not by the way, is anything it, else in the country. It's a highway to poverty. Of <laughs> course, looking at, looking at today's uh, donations. Well, we had a lot of little ones, which I is think, good. I, I want to thank everybody, by the way, for taking out a $5 subscription or a 3333 subscription, which is even better. And, uh, you know, and, and I and really like to say hi to all the commuters out there listening to the show. What I thought was interesting is that we have demographics that go from like, you know, 10 to 70. You know, it's amazing. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a better idea, John. We have levels for uh, executive producer and associate executive producer. I think we need a, do- a de-douching level. Hmm. Yeah. You, you, you want to spin off the de-douching to a specific... Uh... Well, it's, this is, well it, it, this is yeah, nuts. I know, I know. We this had too many. It, too, it was too many. Yeah, I know. It, it gets boring. I think it so, should be... We, uh, douches... Okay, here it is. Douches are 100 bucks. Whether you want a, a douche call-out or a de-douching, douches are 100 bucks. That should just be the level. Come on, let's be honest about it. And if it gets crazy, then we'll up the level again. It's ruining the donation segment. Yeah, there's too many. So well, we have to figure... Okay, well, we we'll have a new part. douche level. The, <laughs> come on. <laughs> the the douche de- level, douche. the level of douching or de-douching is now 100 I bucks. Think, I think douche call-outs... This is the, now, people can record this. This is the highlight of the show. <laughs> Douche call-outs I, I don't think should be expensive because they do encourage people to get involved with the show. I think the de-douching probably, especially after a call-out, should cost you. That may be the $100 one. Okay, I'm good with that. So We'll, we'll figure it out. Douchebag call-outs are okay. But, you know, it's like every, the, the, no, here's what's going to happen. Everyone will have a douchebag call-out. We all have a douchebag friend around. Well, we'll, we'll we'll have it worked out within the next few weeks. Yeah, what? So what, what, else what do you mean next few? How hard is this? Let's have the meeting right now. How hard well, is it to figure this out? Because then you got to go to the web. I got to redo the CSS. I got to put this. No, new- we don't need to do. Oh, oh, that's right. You have to do some work. No. Well, you and me both. I mean, come on. You're the, the one that's, that's got the theory that we should do just watch C-SPAN all day and never do any work. Well, apparently you're not doing that either. You're watching Hawaii Five O. Ah. There you have it. How wrong you are, since we're going to start the next segment. I have the, the C-SPAN clip of the day. Okay. What is it? Uh, it's the one. I, I, no, I have to give a little background on this one. Okay. This is the clip that says that you can figure out when to start it. It's the death of the American apple. So they had these hearings uh, with, in fact, they had your favorite woman on these. Oh, on, uh, the, the black woman with all no, the scars? No, I think she was on the Colbert hearing. I'm, I'm sorry, never mind that. Yeah. So there was a hearing on uh, illegal immigration and, and mostly, no, it was her. What am I thinking? On immigration reform. And this is the one where Colbert showed up. Did you see the guy talk about the Apple industry? 
Okay. There's a guy on there who's representing the Apple industry. There's a number of interesting people this, until Colbert showed up that had interesting testimony. And I started listening to it kind of between the lines and realized that immigration reform isn't just granting a bunch of illegal aliens uh, citizen status. No, no. In fact, the CLEAR it's Act is... It's all about is, agriculture. Well, no, that's not true. It's ah, it's not all yeah. about agriculture because no, no, it's also about the, the illegal immigrant children serving no, in no, the military. No, that's, that's an element. These are all distractions. The whole thing is a giant distraction to keep you from realizing what's really going on, which is the fact of the matter is, and this guy made one, you'll, you'll listen to his clip, but I'm going to tell you some of the stuff he said, along with this female professor that was at this thing. And it seems as if What's really going on in this country is the same thing has happened to manufacturing is to outsource everything, including agriculture. And the way to do that is to make food illegal is to screw up the H2 type visas. visas, Right. To get the. And this guy had one story, but he had the, the, there's some weird operation up in the Northeast that has some screwball fruit that can only be picked by you know experts from Jamaica. There's like a, a group of people that <laughs> float around the country as certain kinds of Expert experts. apple pickers? No, they're not for apples. It's something else. But cool. whatever the case was, they the, the, apparently the TSA, not the TSA, but the Homeland Security people and the, the INS and all the rest of them refused to give these guys the H-2A visa or whatever they needed to come in. And and pick the crop it was going to rot in two days and they had to go actually they, they went, sent a lobbyist to congress the congress had to like tell these guys to give them the visas because every year they come and pick this fruit or whatever it is and they finally got it just at the last minute they came in this is going on all over the place forcing people to hire illegal immigrants because they can't get the kind of help they were normally getting in the past and it all you can see where this is headed when you play this clip which is the, uh, the Apple clip. The threat of losing farms and all the jobs dependent upon them is real and worsening in the face of congressional inaction. At least 80,000 acres of high-value vegetable production have left Arizona and California for Mexico. 77% of Texas vegetable producers report scaling back due to labor shortfalls. Florida tomatoes and oranges are moving to Mexico and Brazil. China has requested access to our market for fresh apples, and they already produce over one-half the world's apples. If the U.S. apple industry is starved for labor, the Chinese are ready to step in and supply our apples. In the face of a crisis, retrieving lost production will not happen quickly. Specialty crop production is extremely risky. Average profitability doesn't really give a proper return given the risk that we take. For most of us, the reasons we stay in in it are not economical. A major life goal for me is to provide jobs for as many people as possible. Wow. So, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, when you listen to the professor, the, there's a female black professor from, I forgot, when some of those went to Eastern College, and she had a really good spiel. And then they had a couple other people there that had good spiels, and then they, this Apple guy, which I thought was boring at first, and I started listening to him, and then I started realizing this whole immigration thing is not a... The reason you have all these illegals is to get everybody all worked up about it, and the whole real scam that's going on in the background is to get our agriculture shipped someplace where, we, where it's cheaper to produce, and we can bring it in, and there's more profitability... These these giant conglomerates are screwing us, and I'm just thinking locally what's happening. For example, I went over to the Andronico store uh, over here in Berkeley, and next thing you know, Berkeley Farms foods are all gone. Well, well this, just, but this is the scary thing is that they're also making your own organically grown at home stuff illegal. That's the scary part. I mean, you can go and outsource and screw everything up all you want. 
But to make it illegal for me to plant some seeds in my backyard because it doesn't adhere to the Codex Alimentarius, that's the part that scares me. Yeah, and you should be scared because even though it sounds like total bullcrap. It's true. It's it is. There is an element of truth to it because they can do this. In fact, they're trying to screw the organic farmers of small operations already. And we know that. If you read any of the organic stuff that's online, these people are moaning and groaning about these government guys coming in to screw them over. And this all has to do with big, big, big business. And uh, I, I'll t- I could bring up some more of this, but it, it, it has to do with getting the stuff in these kind of mechanized farms. If you've ever flown to South America and you fly over Bolivia, you will see uh, some farms down there. You look down, you go, my God, what is that? It is the size of Nebraska, and it's all, you could just see it, the entire thing is automated. It's giant strips of land that are designed to be, you know, irrigated and farmed by machines. It's just, a, it's the damnedest stuff. You've never seen anything quite like it. And this is going on in Mexico, too. This is going on everywhere. Uh, the, just to kind of mechanize the food supply, shut down the, the little farmers that have, like the Apple guys who have all these specialty products. We don't need that. It's too confusing, too many skews, you know, and the rest Why, of it. Well, you know, and we just put up with it. We just freaking put up with it, don't we? We just put yeah. up with it. I mean, people don't even know this that what you're what you're telling us. They have they have no clue. There's no well, there's no media reporting on this. No one is 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 listening to something very simple. Of course, you know you'd have to like turn on the television and tune to C-SPAN. Oh my gosh, you know no Lindsay Lohan on on C-SPAN. <sighs> oh, it's, it's not- people miss this. They just totally miss what's happening right before their very noses. We need to annihilate all of these fuckers in Congress and the Senate. Seriously, so can I just line them up? Just shoot them, all of them. You'll be on some list tomorrow. I'm already so, on the list. Shoot them all. So uh, here's the, so here's so I'm at Andronico's and there's uh, Berkeley Farm stuffs off the shelf and I'm listening to somebody. Well, you know, Berkeley somebody somebody employees because somebody I guess wanted to buy something from them, and he said, ah, uh, the guy says, well, you know, it's, it's a Texas company and they're moving to Dallas and blah 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 blah. I said, what the fuck are you talking about, Berkeley Farms? They're still in Hayward. But Ned, so I decided to look into it, and indeed, in 1998, Berkeley Farms was bought by Dean Foods. And I want people to go read the wiki page, uh, uh, in the Wikipedia. Just read the Dean Foods page before somebody from. Actually, there's Before's nothing really scrub. negative about it. It's just the fact that they're being sued left and right for all kinds of monopolistic practices. They own basically uh, every. I mean, just for example. Uh, let me just read a few of the dairies they own. They own Altadena, Barbies, Barbers, Berkeley Farms, Borden's, Bruton Fo- uh, Foods, Brown's Dairy, Country Fresh, Creamland, Dairy Ease, Gandy's, Garlic Farms, Gilbert's Dairy, Lehigh Valley Dairy Farms, Liberty Dairy, Lewis Trouth, Mayfield Dairy, MacArthur Dairy, Meadowbrook, Meadow Gold, Meadow Dairy, Oak Farms, Pet Dairy, Prices, Priority, Ryder, Robinson Dairy, Shanker, Sheps, Swift's Farms. It goes on and on. I mean, the stuff that these guys own is unbelievable. And it's just a giant corporation, and they're, you know, essentially standardizing everything to benefit the shareholders or whatever, and the government's done nothing about it, and nobody reports on it. Uh, in fact, you read, the, read a chunk from the Wikipedia, which, I'm, you know, is not accurate, but it's got good stuff. In April 2009, Foremost Farms USA, big company, cooperative over 2,000 dairy farmers in several Midwest states, 2,000 dairy farmers. <laughs> so this Wisconsin milk processing plant to Dean Foods screwing these guys. Wow. 
So what do we what, what do we do about that? The, this is what immigration reform is all about. It's all it's all about big corporations screwing you. Damn. Are we hopeless? Is there nothing we can do? <laughs> we can bitch. <laughs> At least we're doing that much. <laughs> Most people don't bitching. even know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're bitching. Damn. Uh, well, anyway, John, in case you uh, missed it, there was a, a big United Nations meeting in New York. Oh, which, yeah. Which uh, coincided, of course, with the Clinton Global Initiative. Um, <laughs> and the United Nations finally did something for me. Finally, the, the U.N. is paying off. They have uh, selected uh, a Malaysian astrophysicist to be the head of its Office for Outer Space Affairs, better known as Un- UNUSA. As Mazlan Otman describes her potential new role next week at a scientific conference, the Royal Society's Kavli Conference Center in Buckinghamshire, uh, she will be the one who will uh, welcome aliens when they finally uh, come down to say hi. She what? Is, yeah, she's first contact. Uh, did somebody tell the aliens? <laughs> well, here we go. This is it. Uh, this, is the, this is my message to the aliens. If you're coming down, uh, look for the signs for UNUSA. <laughs> that is the United Nations uh, Office for Outer Space Affairs and pull a ticket... And wait in line to meet with uh, Dr. Otman, because what she is, is your official where is, where liaison. Where offices? <laughs> she is your official liaison. How do you liaison. get this job? I don't know. I'm, I'm pissed they should, have, they should have chosen me. That she's the one. She is well, where's our her official offices? liaison. Where's they're going to come down and visit with her, they got to know where she is. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see uh, where I... It's probably in, uh, in New York, I guess, at the U.N. building. You think she has an office in there? Yeah, I think of course the Unusa. Let's see where that. Let's see where she be find listed the, on uh, the index. You know the bigger the, the little <laughs> thing at the beginning. <laughs> they, they go in the building. They have to go in and announce themselves and sign in. You do they have? Do they have to office. go through the metal detectors? The aliens? Do they have to do that? Hold on, let me outer space. Let me, I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it. Here it is. Oh, it's uh oh wait. Let's say here's the. They have a Wikipedia page, of course. Uh, United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs. Oh, this will be mint. This is great. i got to put this in the show notes. Uh, organization of the General Assembly charged with implementing the Assembly's outer space-related policies. It is located in the United Nations Office. Oh, in Vienna. So off to Vienna, you slave aliens. Don't what? land here. <laughs> You're the in the wrong aren't place. don't want to go to Vienna. Yeah, it's beautiful in Vienna this time cleaning. of year. It's, it's beautiful this time of year. The office implements the program on space applications. John, have we put in our space application yet? And they no, also, but I think we should. They also maintain the register of objects launched into outer space. Wow. Okay, hold on. They have a website, usa.unvienna.org. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even see this. Wow. Oh, I got to look through all this. This is good. Just all one word, USA. It's uh no no no. It's uh WW here, I'll put it in the uh in Skype for you. This is great. This is awesome. www.usa.unvienna.org. Uh let's see, August twenty sixth, Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, International Space Law. There's a lot of international space law. 
Munusa is also responsible for implementing the Secretary General's responsibilities, the United Nations Register of Objects Launched in Outer Space. Oh, I guess you, you you have to apply if you want to launch something in outer space now. What is Why? UN... I don't know. What is UN Spider? Wow. Where's that? Is UN Spider. United Nations Platform for Space-Based Information for Disaster Management and Emergency Response. Spider. Hmm. Space-based disaster management. Where's the I? Oh, I, space-based information. Okay, spider. Where's, where's the Where's the M in space-based information? SPI for disaster D management. Spider. It's spider. Well, there's the M. I don't you can't know. make up these things and leave a word out. Uh, that's no good. Anyway, very happy to see that we have a liaison. So uh, all you aliens, uh, head on over to uh, Vienna. That is where. Uh, Apparently, it's uh, all going down. Well, we should go visit. A couple more Bet foot... 10 bucks she's not in her office right now. We should call her. Uh, hi, this... <laughs> we should call her as an and alien. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. <laughs> Who's... Is this a 24-7 manned office? Because who knows what time they're going to show up. Well, they better be there on October 13th. Because that's when they're coming. Get your boarding pass now at uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. Get your uh, mothership boarding pass because October 13th they're coming and they apparently will be uh, entering our uh, atmosphere in Vienna to get their papers. Papers so checked. let's go to Vienna now to see an alien. Okay, well, Couple I don't of f- know why they just didn't have it in New York. Why would they have it? Would they setting up a special office? You know, this is all American taxpayer money. In Vienna? No, the whole UN. We paid most of the bills in this operation. Uh, some foots in the news. Oh, no. Yeah, now, the, it's, now that we've... Uh, and, of course, we're one of the few shows that actually can do this with our global audience. And we're not just a global audience by saying, Oh, we're received by billions of people tonight on the Academy Awards. No, we actually have a global audience that is checking in and sending us stories, and which gives us great opportunity to cross-reference these things and see if they're happening everywhere. Chattanooga, Tennessee, a jogger in Chattanooga smelled something fishy and discovered a boot with a part of a human leg among some dead fishes in the Tennessee River. The jogger notified emergency personnel and the remains have been taken to the medical examiner's office. They're working uh, now with missing persons. See if anyone is missing uh, a leg. And we have a human foot washed up on Cleethorpe's Beach in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, human foot found at the beach. Body part was found at Cleethorpe's Beach in northeast Lincolnshire on Wednesday by a member of the public. Police officers removed the foot from the scene <laughs> and it was taken to a local mortuary for specialist examination. Uh, we've removed the foot from the scene. And they're still trying to identify the body that would go with that foot. Yeah, a lot of feats and no people. Yes. And then we have... Uh, this is... The Grimsby, this is, uh, is this also, uh, yeah, also Gitmo Nation. No, wait, this is, wow, that looks like San Francisco. Where's the uh, Humber Estuary? Never heard of it. They should, they're showing me a picture of, of like the Bay Bridge. Maybe it's the, it's the I know there's an, there's an estuary that runs between Alameda and Oakland. But it's not, I don't think it's called the Humber. No, this is the UK. This is the UK. Wow. I don't, oh, I've, I've never seen this bridge. Yeah, it looks like it. Send, uh, send me a link. I want to see it now. A police actually looks more like uh, the, not the Bay Bridge, the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Well, it's confusing when you see the picture. I'll send you the link. 
Uh, police investigation continuing today after human foot was discovered on the banks of the Humber estuary less than a month after one washed up on the Cleethorpes beach. That's a oh, follow-on yeah. story. Nice bridge. Yeah. So lots of foots and no bodies. Hmm. We have one of our um, producers did a nice analysis on Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, you know, on uh, was it maybe two or three shows ago, we were talking about essentially maybe Afghanistan just being one big dist- distraction for Pakistan. Yeah, because we got to get those nukes out of there. Well, it, it, he actually, you know, he's actually tying this into China, which I thought was pretty interesting. As you know, we are definitely sucking China's little penis because uh, they're paying for everything. A couple uh, points, he says. One, the floods in Pakistan this summer were massive. Most likely the floods are just a hundred-year natural event. But if you want to put your tinfoil hat on, please uh, note the comments about the Kalabad Dam project. Interesting. Apparently there's uh, some, like, issue with the dam that uh, I guess it's uh, spelled K-A-L-A-B-A-G-H. Uh, if you want to get political pressure behind a massive dam project, a horrific flood might do the trick. Very interesting hypothesis. Number two. Ooh, is- I like that. Now they're thinking like we think. Yes. Nuts. Exactly. <laughs> nuts, but not that nuts. Uh, CIA- that dam thing, that, that thing that, is that the one, I, if I'm not mistaken, is the one where they, they block in the Yangtze River. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually, it's a, a lot of people consider it an environmental disaster, this dam. And... Uh, I don't know whether it is or not, but the Chinese are going to use it for, you know, they, they're going to be chewing up a lot of power. Interesting. Yeah, but a very interesting theory. I like it. According to uh, Bob Woodward's brand new book, which I have not read yet, uh, the CIA is we, running. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. And we do know that we, as a backstory for new listeners, we, you know, if, you have to read. Uh, what's, the, what's the name of the Bush family? Of, what's the name of that book? Family the of Bush, Secrets. Family of Secrets. Family of Secrets. So you have to read that book. And there's yeah. a there's a great deconstruction of Bob Woodward's career in there. Yeah, he's a spook. He's a CIA guy. Total spook. Uh, according to Bob Woodward's new book, the CIA is running a 3,000 person covert op in northwestern Pakistan. Senator Diane, Diane Feinstein confirms the U.S. base. In Pakistan. 3,000? Yes, there's, and there's a U.S. base, She's, and he has links to all of this stuff. It's great. I'm putting this whole thing in the show notes. So why do you think that they would want us to know this? Uh, I, well, well, let me continue, and we'll see if we can figure that one out. Okay. China built a deep water port named Gwadar. At the mouth of the Persian Gulf, at a cost of approximately $1 billion U.S., now China has as many as 11,000 soldiers in northern Pakistan in an area named Gilgit-Baltistan to, quote, help with flood relief. So this is how it works, right? First, you turn on the weather modification machine, you start flooding everything, and then you get to do all these political things, like move in 11,000 soldiers to help out. But here's the thing. There's a rail line or also a pipeline, linking China's Gwadar port to China's border with Pakistan. So this, this guy's done some amazing work here. China is planning to build a rail line to Kabul, Afghanistan. This would allow the newly found, quote, mineral resources to be shipped out of Afghanistan towards China. This is a beautiful setup. This is geopolitics. This is, I, I think this, our, our uh, producer here has done a great job. And uh, that would be Eric from Portland. 
So here's his analysis. Pakistan has nuclear arms, therefore cannot be invaded. Pakistan is a key blocking point for oil. True. Um, now, when you say the guy did a great job, you're talking about our producer, not about Bob Woodward. <laughs> no, no, this is our producer. Bob Woodward, is, he does a great job for the CIA. Yeah, well, I mean, they just give him this, the documents, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. just puts it together. I mean, if I was working, I mean, it's, you, you get bestsellers out of that. They got the best material. But I really like what Eric has done here. So uh, Pakistan, a key blocking point for oil, natural gas and minerals, moving to China and India. China, particularly in India, have skyrocketing demand for oil, natural gas and minerals. And controlling Pakistan is a key way to block the movement of these to the east. So it's strategic. Without an overland route through Pakistan, these items, oil, gas and minerals, have to go by sea. The fastest sea route is the inside passage through Singapore which is home to a large U.S. naval presence, which has strong ties to Singapore. In fact, Singapore controls the business running through Gwadar, at least for now. So if the land route is blocked for oil, gas, and minerals, and the inside passage past Singapore is blocked, it's a long trip, 5,000 miles around New Guinea. If you take that route, you have to pass Diego Garcia, which is no small task. Therefore, Pakistan is a strategic asset due to its geographic position. China wants to hold Pakistan together to secure routes for oil, gas, and minerals, while the U.S. wants to break Pakistan apart to stop the movement of oil, gas, and minerals to the east. Additionally, if Pakistan breaks into regions, the U.S. military, under the guise of U.N. sanctions, will have the need the needed world backing to go in and take out the nuclear weapons due to political unrest and a political lack of control of the nuclear stockpile. I'm liking that. I'm liking the work Eric did here. I'm putting his entire analysis in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Yeah, it's, that is it's, good. It's I mean, really, I really, really good. It seems solid. Yeah, because we've had a hard time getting any information out of Pakistan whatsoever. Uh, I don't think we have any producers. No, I don't think so. We got a couple of Indian guys who just you know listen, listen casually. We that area is hard to penetrate, uh, even though they speak and read English. Uh, they have it's, even as a writer, you know, if you're trying to uh, get your stuff syndicated there or, get, or even get published, it's almost like pulling teeth. They're very insular. They don't want to take anybody's outside. You know, they think everything is. I guess they probably they're suspicious for probably good reason. They they won't take uh, take your material. And while we're talking about oil, uh, get out the prediction uh, notebook, John. Remember, I said. Uh about a week, about a half week ago, maybe a week ago, major event coming, a new something or other, another yeah. oil disaster. Yeah. BBC, this is how it works. BBC now reporting uh, from the steamy waters of the Gulf of Mexico. A practice session is underway to prepare for what the oil industry must dread: a repeat of the massive spill on the scale of the BP disaster in Louisiana. So, whenever they're getting gearing up for a little uh, test, little test there, practice. But where are they doing this? Off the coast of Southampton, Gitmo Nation East. This is where they're testing this. North Sea, baby. I'm telling you, North Sea could be next. Well, you know, there, there. I think there's a. Uh, I, I, I don't want to sound too weird about this, but we do already know that the EU, as a whole, uh, and I, which also encompasses the one world government folks, are not pleased with Norway. No, because they're not in the EU. They kept the kroner. They've got, they've got tons of oil. And they got tons of oil, and they got, they're not in the EU. They're not sharing the wealth, uh, as they're it They're not were. team players. They're not team players. They're not sharing the wealth. They're, they're uncooperative, and, of course, having a great time. Uh, and, by the way, in <laughs> the old Scandinavian and Nordic countries, the Norwegian women are the prettiest. 
Uh, so they're having a the time of their lives, and they got somebody's got to stick it to them. So it will be Norwegian. Norway, Norway will be involved in this, if your prediction is correct. Well, I think it's coming pretty quickly, and uh, you know, just the, just the fact that they oh well, we're we're practicing here, we're getting ready, and we're safe. If there's a big oil spill, we're all safe. And then remember, we had the earthquake drill recently. So, oh, there's some fault in the North Sea; it could cause you know huge tremors. And uh, I think there were also um. Doing a yeah, this was uh, this was pretty crazy. San Diego earthquake drill. Did you see that they were doing this on Twitter? Yeah, and Facebook. I mean, what? Yeah. So I have the news report here. The, 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 those both those elements will come in very handy when there's a big quake and the net goes down. Yeah, if you see a message on Twitter or Facebook Friday on this past Friday that says the Coronado Bridge has broken in half or that Scripps Hospital has collapsed. Don't believe it. It's it's a test, just a test. San Diego State University is hosting a huge two-day earthquake drill that's meant to explore how effective social media can be in spreading news and information about catastrophe. Groovy, guys. Now we're depending on the fail whale to help us out. And 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 their their hashtag X24. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't X24. like that they're using Twitter for it. I, I, X24. What is, the, what is with X24? I don't know. Let's take a quick gander. Well, so I'm looking at, uh, if you just search for X24 hashtags. Um, well, there's, of course, there's a million of them. Nobody even on the Wikipedia knows. Exercise 24, there's an X, that must be an X24, an international two-day collaboration, multidisciplinary exploration, blah, blah, blah. X24 would refer to exercise, perhaps, 24, since it's on a website that also includes inrelief.org and the San Diego State University Viz Center. So it's got to be this. Exercise 24 Live has commenced. Thank you for your participation. Please take our after-action survey as soon as possible so we can analyze the feedback and at our hot wash Monday. <laughs> it's all this jargon. Cool. Hot wash. Discussion by X24 participants and observers. The purpose of the, the, purpose of the hot wash is to identify best practices and weaknesses of the response during X24, which will be included in the X24 After Action Report. This report is used to guide future exercises and response efforts. Military. Oh, yeah. Sounds military. All and, this military and, and by the target. way, this, this past week I've had a couple of Angelinos email me about it. I have seen, I've never, you know, I've never seen this many military helicopters fly overhead. <clears throat> There's continuous information. Four Chinooks. I've seen five, six Blackhawks. Yesterday, one Blackhawk and two Apaches. And what is going on? Where are they flying from? Where They're flying over the 101. I know that because it's right over the, the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center. What is going on? Why are these... Uh, I mean, the, the, the Chinooks, you only see those when the president's in town. Where are they coming from? Where are they going to? And why are they flying overhead all the time? If anyone knows, please, you know, is there some kind of military exercise going on? 
What is up with that? It, and, and quite honestly, Miss Mickey is a bit freaked out about it. You know, these things, you know, they make the window shake when they go over. Oh, yeah. They shouldn't be allowed to fly over civilian populations. And, they, and they, they're going over no more than 1,000 feet overhead. So, you know, we're at 800 feet. So they're at 1,800 or 2,000 feet. And, 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 but they're real and they're armed. You know, there's missiles on the side of the Apaches, you know, whatever the hell they, I can see them right there. That's how low they are. It's just, it's, it's creepy. Yeah, that's a creepy plane. And I don't understand why, why, why they're flying. What is going on? Is there something that we're unaware of? Is there, is there a drill well, Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just not, not very nice. And don't forget when you were down in San Diego, which is where the X-24 exercise took place. Oh, it was one every 90 seconds. There was all this action going on. Because it was training. Well, it's a training facility. It's where we train our soldiers. Yeah, well, they, they totally ruined the... Uh ruined our stay that's for sure so let's go back to the question we didn't answer amongst ourselves which is why would bob woodward be given this information to to uh tell the to disseminate well we have to read the book that's for sure okay so i don't know it's got to be in there well maybe it's just the a cya or something you know or we told you so or uh, who knows yeah huh okay so, looking at the uh, Shadow Puppet Theater, uh, Rahm Emanuel definitely. Not, I mean, although he still has not announced anything, you know, now the news reports are everywhere that he will be leaving the White House, and now also David Axelrod, yeah, will be leaving the White House. This, this should is, be very amusing without those two. Well, I. What do you think? I mean, do you think that they knew something like that? The president is not going to run for a second term. This is, that's what uh, it seems like to me. Well, they're definitely jumping ship. I mean, there's they, too soon. They, they, they're just getting their act together. You know, even Clinton is, in his first two years took forever to, to pull it together. Uh, Reagan took forever to pull it together. Uh, did a couple, at least two years. And, uh, and usually the, the, the first team stays on as, you know, at least until, it's, you know, until the third or fourth year, and then they bail out in the second term. But this is a little premature, it seems to me. I'm going to have to, maybe somebody out there can do some research, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the chief of staff, you know, quits early, but I don't, don't recall it happening before. It may be overplayed by the right-wing media, I'm not sure. Also, uh, Lawrence Summers uh, leaving the uh, president's uh, economic advisory team. Yeah, I have actually a complete speech I picked up off of C-SPAN of him yakking away about stuff. He's terrible what's your orzag wedding clip i've been looking at that throughout the entire well, you know show. it's apparently orzag is, is peter, being peter, uh, marginalized. Orzag? peter orzag yeah he's being marginalized and they're not going to go to his wedding all these people in the white house the peter orzag he was the guy who was um, an advisor to iceland and uh he did so well that they asked him to come and uh, be the management uh, be the uh, to oversee the management and budget office Basically, yeah. to hold the checkbook, yeah, to check it make, yeah, after he sunk Iceland, and so uh, they're now shunning his wet. Should we just go straight into the clip, or does it need to? Yeah, play it. It's like the White House sends its regrets. Check out. 
have today's lead item in page six. Obama, Obama trio planning to skip ex-budget director Peter Orzag's wedding. The paper reports that Valerie Jarrett, David Axelrod, and Rahm Emanuel all made last-minute cancellations. Apparently because of a New York Times column Orzag wrote this month. Made the case for extending all the Bush tax cuts. A big departure from the president's official position. Orzag's wedding to ABC correspondent Biana Golodriga is set for tomorrow in Manhattan. I think the snub has a lot more to do with something that isn't about that column and may have to do with how they work together in the White House. Now for tonight's... What the fuck was that music all about? What kind uh, of- this is a stupid segment that they play on Hardball, and they have all this music in the background. You can't listen to anything anymore with a bunch of racket going on. Right. Uh, they did have one thing that was interesting. They took a clip. Uh, this you just going to play. It's just, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, this is a clip of Chris Christie, who is apparently stumping around the country. He's the uh, governor of Jersey. Uh, New, New Jersey. Fat. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. He's a kind of a big, fat blowhard. Isn't he uh, so, like an ex-Goldman guy or something? I don't know. Maybe you can look yeah. him up. Yeah. Whatever the case is, he's a blowhard. And so he apparently came out to this. And I think, by the way, this whole thing is rigged. But but I don't think necessarily Meg Whitman knew about it. Meg Whitman was at a, uh, a town hall meeting giving her little speech to get the governorship. And she, uh, this heckler showed up. And the heckler starts yelling at her. And she got really actually kind of freaky about it. It's like, it's like I mean, like really freaky. She was like, she had you know, her eyes bugged out. And she didn't know what to do. She kind of froze like a deer in the headlights. And, and Chris Christie, who was there to give a talk to help promote her, which she's doing with other people, jumped up, grabbed the mic, and chewed this guy out. Uh, and he couldn't do a very good job because he, he kept saying, hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? In other words, he's very he's semi illiterate, and <laughs> and I think this the guy was because the he guy looks stood, like he should be on the Sopranos, really. Yeah, totally. The guy stands up on cue almost, and then he kind of doesn't say anything. And and Christy chews him out. Looks good chewing him out, except for the fact that he can't really do a good job of it by this repeti- repetitious "Hey, you know what?" Uh, and then the then the whole thing ends, and that clip got a lot of play. And I'm thinking this thing was rigged. I don't think Meg Whitman necessarily knew, but this guy was a plant. And Christie, you know, got to sh- show off. And I think this, he may be doing stuff like this here and there. It's a, it's just fake. Listen to it. Spectacle theme continues here in the sideshow this week. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was campaigning out in California with Meg Whitman when a heckler interrupted Whitman's speech. Christie was quick to jump in. yell yell at me but don't give her a hard time we're here we're here talking about the future of the state of california and the future of our country and you know what and you know what and you know what let me tell you let me tell you this you know what it's people who raise their voices and yell and scream like you that are dividing this country we're here to bring this country together not to divide it Christie services are in demand anywhere. California is just the first stop on his 11-state political tour. He says he's not thinking about running for president in 2012. Let's see yeah, how 20. Yeah, that, if, that was, if there was ever a shut-up slave moment, that was it. Hey, hey, you're not, you shouldn't be yelling and, and raising your voice and making a ruckus, you slave. Shut up, slave. You're dividing the country, slave. Screw that guy. No, he's a, this guy, yeah. But the thing was rigged. I mean, he couldn't even pull it off with you. He said, you know what, I think seven times. Hey, uh, you know what, John? What? Wait, we got a note from Danny the Med student. 
He says, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're a med student, you like get taught stuff. Yeah, I was listening to Noah Jenna 236. You were talking about depression and children. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you mentioned that whole list. You only need to have five of nine to be, uh, to be, <laughs> to be eligible for drugs for kids. So he, he sent us the link, you know, for antidepressants. Yeah. So it's only five of the nine. Well, what did we say? Well, we, we said, like, if it was just one of them. Oh, you need five, not one? Yeah, you need five of the nine. I, and I'm, you, we could go through this list go again. Go the list again. I'm sure we can check off five okay. for, uh, on right. everybody. Depressed mood most of the day. Eh, anyone living right now in this country would have Wait, that. So note, one. note, note. In children and adolescents, this could also be an irritable mood. <laughs> okay, that's check. one. That's everyone. Check. Two. Check. Markedly diminished interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities most of the day. That's all kids are bored. Yep. Three. Significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain, which is a change of more than 5% of body weight. Decrease or increase in appetite nearly every day. Note, in children, consider failure to make expected weight gain. Okay, we'll skip that one. We'll skip that one. Four. Insomnia or hypersomnia nearly every day. Mm, uh, skip, skip that one. Uh, psychomotor agitation or retardation nearly every day. What does that mean? I don't know. It was like kids are walking around like morons. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> <laughs> kids goof. In other words, if they're acting goofy. I'm checking that one. I'm checking that one too. How many do we have? We have three. Three. Okay. Fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. Yeah. All <clears throat> kids. All right. Feeling of worthlessness or ex- uh, or excessive or inappropriate guilt, which may be delusional, nearly every day. Uh, I would I would tend to check that. No, one. I, let's keep it unchecked. You never know. Okay. Uh, here eight. Diminished ability to think or concentrate. Check. Hello. Check. Kids. <laughs> check. Kids. Kids are that way. Now here's a tough one. This is the shill. Recurrent thoughts of death, not just the fear of dying. Recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan or a suicide attempt or specific plan for committing suicide. And I'm I, not checking that one, but we already have five. We but, win. But I'm saying, but you know, as a kid, you know, how many didn't you say, oh, I'm just going to go kill myself then? Haven't you said Actually, that as no. a kid? No. Oh, okay. Uh, now, there's a B, C, and D, which I'm not quite, I don't understand. The symptoms are not due to direct psychological effects of a substance. Okay. The symptoms cause clinic, clinically significant distress or impaired in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning like school. And the symptoms are not due to direct psychological effects of a substance. Okay, so if you're on the shit, then uh, you don't qualify to get more of the shit. Yeah. Okay, right. so we do have five. We got we five. The one, yeah. two, uh, easily. number one, number two. Easily. Yeah, easily. Yeah, you might be able to get a sixth if you try. Yeah. Easily. So uh, dope them up. Put them kids on Ritalin. Yay! Dope them up. Uh, let's see, what do I have left? So the only two things we have outstanding for sure here, John, are uh, now we still haven't resolved what we're going to use as an end of show clip. We have the Colbert congressional speech, um, which but, what, I, you have a short I, clip, I, right? I have a short Colbert clip, which is which is his introduction to his rather long-winded. Uh, this, by the way, became the big dis- topic of discussion on both right and left-wing talk shows. But it and sucked. Every- his speech sucked. 
it was boring. But here's the here's the thing that's interesting. Everybody got riled up about it because it was like an insult to Congress because he because he he testified in character as the Colbert character. And he had a couple of jokes in there, but it was like they, were, they fell flat. They weren't funny. They totally fell flat. No, they weren't. But this is the beginning of it, which kind of gives you the insight to the whole thing. And we'll we can post the whole thing if we want, but not, just play this little clip. And this is the you know this is all you need. Oh, hold on, I have the I have the wrong clip queued up here. Sorry. Yeah, here's the short one. My name is Stephen Colbert, and I am an American citizen. It is an honor and a privilege to be here today. Congresswoman Lofgren asked me to share my vast experience spending one day as a migrant farm worker. I am happy to use my celebrity to draw attention to this important, complicated issue. And I certainly hope that my star power can bump this hearing all the way up to C-SPAN 1. Yeah, so what was the point uh, of his speech? What, what was... What was obviously I think the- Zoe Lofgren, who invited him to come on, has, uh, has a crush on him. So to basically misuse Congress and C-SPAN 3 to get laid? Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, she didn't get laid, I'm sure of that. You, <laughs> How do you, know? you, don't, you don't know that. I do. Yeah, I Col- Colbert apparently will go it's to in, any It's length. in the collective unconscious. It Colbert will do anything, clearly. <laughs> well, sure. I would, too. I'd be in there going, and hey, I wish up for the Zoe part. Yeah, you know what? I think, actually, I'm very happy with this because... Um, this means that the Congress is open to crazy people like us. I think we can have Ron Paul invite me to go in and say some kooky shit. I, I would love it. I'd, I'd record that. It might get bumped up to C-SPAN 1. We might even use it as an end-of-show clip if I'm really lucky. But seriously, I mean, doesn't this open it up? If, if we can have Colbert go in and do shtick and it was, and, and it was unclear what he was saying, did you understand the point of his uh, of his? Uh, it was just a satire about nothing. I mean, it wasn't. It was worse than a Seinfeld episode. There was. Uh, it had no point, and it didn't do anything, and it didn't bring forward the conver- didn't move the conversation. It was just a waste of time, to be honest about it. But what got what was interesting is the way the left wing, especially, says, "I'm surprised they didn't walk out on him. This was a this was a uh, an insult to Congress," and they went on and on about it. And and the the right wingers haven't heard all of them, but believe me, it will be discussed to death on Monday. Well, I think it's a it's a perfect setup, and I think it's been legitimized. And I am going to call my uh, my people will call Ron Paul's people, and he should be able to invite me into any. I mean, I can talk about any conversation in Congress, and I can read like Colbert. Except I yeah, won't he try. Read, that's the other thing. He read the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and I said I won't try to be funny. And he actually he he, he screwed it up about two thirds of the way through. And he like he missed a, a paragraph yeah, or something. He yeah, had to go back. Yeah. So the end of show clip. Then uh, let's do Nigel Farage about the demise of the the euro <laughs> and and Europe in general. Well, that's probably uh, much more entertaining. It is, and uh, he actually he says, "Hey, Germany, you guys should pull out now while you still can. Get the Deutschmark back, and you'll be groovy." He's right. Yeah, of course he's right. And he's saying that you know uh, Ireland. Uh, Portugal, the pigs, the pigs. Yeah, they're all going down, and uh, get out while you can. So, um, so we'll wrap. I, we'll we'll, that. Do, we'll okay. do we'll do that as the end of show clip. Anything else you have uh, left over that we don't want to uh, forget? Well, let's see. We got uh, no, just a, Bernie <laughs> just Sanders. Keep, yeah, it's fun to listen to Bernie Sanders, but it's not important. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's it. Oh, unless you want to replay the Hawaii Five O clip. <laughs> Um, let me think. Uh, no. 
Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not. We're not going to do any of that. Instead, John, let us uh, sign off for this episode from Gitmo Nation on the west. Where? uh, How's the weather outside, Miss Mickey? Is it uh, 105 degrees? She's she's got her headphones on. Shows she has a 30 second delay, which means uh, she'll turn to me in a few minutes and go, "Oh, yeah." Um. So she's listening to the show stream instead of live, where yeah. she could be the audience. Yeah. Well, she was out. She had a she had an appointment, so she had just got she just walked back in. <laughs> uh, all the uh, everything you. Uh, I've heard discussed on this show. You can find in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, you'll also find a link there to help support the program. We, uh, we live solely on your donations, and uh, we could certainly use a couple nights since uh, it seemed like everything was kind of down uh, today. And uh, remember, uh, dedouching now at a uh, $100 level. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, everybody, I am Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's going to be hot here, too, but not quite 100, I don't think. I hope not. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Mr. Farage, when will the euro break apart? If I knew the answer to that... I would go down to the bookmakers and place a very large bet and be a very rich man. I don't know when it's going to break apart. I suspect that between now and Christmas, something big will break. I mean, if you remember, back in May, this crisis was at its height. Um, over the course of the summer, it appeared to be a calmer, quieter period. And, of course, in Brussels, everybody's in denial. You know, I mean, huge debates about the EU happen and no one mentions the euro. Well, apart from me, of course. I always do. But if you look at the economic figures coming out of Ireland this week, if you look at what's been happening to the bond markets in Portugal and again in Greece, you'll realise that there's, you know, there are some huge problems here. And, and, and if people in Germany think that the euro crisis is just about Greece, well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you because you ain't seen nothing yet. Portugal and Ireland's economies are possibly even in a worse state than Greece's. I think something may happen before Christmas, uh, but when, the, when, when, when will it finally break to pieces? I can't say, but inevitably it will. It was just a huge cataclysmic error mm. to force into a monetary union Germany and Greece and, and Portugal. It simply can't work. So what is your solution for this? Uh, Germany out of the euro? Well, there are two solutions. There are two solutions. One is that Greece is forced out, uh, and Portugal probably in Ireland too, and they have to re-establish their own national currencies, and they'll you know, probably need some help to do that as well. Um, that's one solution. I mean, clearly, Greece needs massive devaluation. Um, otherwise, she simply can't cope at all. The other more radical solution, and it may appear to be off the agenda completely at the moment, but the radical solution, of course, is that Germany says, look... We've actually proved since 1945 that we're rather good at managing our own currency. We're rather good at managing our own democracy. You know, I mean, the Deutschmark was was, was, was a currency that was globally respected. You know, the Germans' reputation for fiscal responsibility and sound money was something that we were all very jealous of. And and, and the, the, the radical thing would be for Germany to say, we are taking back the Deutschmark, we're taking back control of our lives. We don't do this in a spirit of being against anybody. You know, we want to trade with our European neighbours, we want to cooperate with them. 
We want to run our own lives and have our own currency. That's the radical step, um, and that's the one that I personally would like to see. But do you think that Brussels will like this? I mean, we have a big, huge democracy deficit there. Well, of course. I, I mean, look, it, it, the fundamental problem in democratic terms with the European Union has been since day one that it is the European Commission, the bureaucracy, the civil service, if you like, they're the ones that have the sole right to initiate legislation. They're the ones that have the sole ability to amend and change legislation. So, you know, you'll read in the newspapers that the European Parliament did this and the European Parliament did that. But in effect, what the European Parliament does, it does the bidding of the civil service. In a democracy, it should be the other way around. It should be, it should be parliaments... That, that make laws and civil service and civil servants that enact laws. In Brussels, it's the other way around. Now, the, the bigger democratic question is, can the deficit be closed? Is there a, is there a means, is there a way of democratizing the European Union? And my answer to that is that right from the very word go, this was never intended to be democratic. So it's intended to be undemocratic Absolutely. then? Absolutely. From, from a kind of junta then? From, a junta? From, well, from the start. I mean, Jean Monnet was the father of this. Jean Monnet really was the father of this project. He hated democracy. It was terribly inconvenient because if a government gets elected and it goes in this direction for four years, then you get another government that goes off in a different direction. Now, people like Monet, with their great global views um, and with their unshakable belief that they know what is best, they, you know, they know how we should live our lives, um, they don't want a system like that. They've got 10, 20, 50-year plans and democracy is highly inconvenient. If... If there was anything truly democratic about this European Union, then when they drafted a constitution, that was the opportunity to make it democratic, and I challenged them all the way through. Come on, show me that you're Democrats. Make this constitution a democratic framework for a European Union, and they steadfastly refused to do so. But so far we are closer to the uh, former socialist republic than to a democracy. Well, a great friend of mine and a man that I admire enormously is a former Soviet dissident called Vladimir Bukovsky, who now lives in Cambridge. Um, he's been in England for about 30 years. And Vladimir spent 12 years in and out of mental institutions in the former USSR, um, you know, categorized as being mad because he was opposed to the system. Interesting. I'm often called mad as well. <laughs> and, and, you know, Vladimir says that what he sees with, with the, the development of the European Union um, is something very unpleasant. And he, he, he has a sort of chilling phrase He says, I have lived in your future, and I didn't like it. Coming back to another issue uh, concerning the EU is this climate hysteria. Where are the roots, where are the causes for this big, big lie? Well, it's so convenient, isn't it? Uh, you know, that if, if, if politicians get a whiff um, that there is something happening where they can show the world what wonderful people they are, then they all club together and they all agree. Uh, and so it's been with climate change, uh, global warming, uh, call it what you will, um, that, that this was their way of showing everybody what wonderful people they were, firstly. Secondly, it gave their, Europe, it gave their failing European Union, as they saw it, some sense of purpose. Um, and, and anybody that was offering a sceptical voice was absolutely vilified and derided. I remember doing a program about five years ago when this whole topic came up and, and I said, well, hang on, 
you know, I may not be a scientist, but I think there is another argument going on here that, 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 that you know, it is not definite that CO2 emissions are leading to increased temperatures. And I was on with a Labour politician, British Labour politician, and he, he sort of pointed at me and screamed, denier, denier, as if I committed something. Like in the Middle Ages. Yes, I mean, oh, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, witchcraft. You know, I mean, I should have been burnt at the stake for doing it. Now, it's interesting because... I think people are beginning to, 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 to wake up to this. Whether or not whether or not we are living through a period of global warming is open to question. But what I am certain of is the measures we are taking supposedly to combat climate change are leading to yet another reduction of our democracy, are burdening the poorest people in society with unnecessary bills, and in terms of energy requirements, I mean, we're heading down a road that is absolutely mad. I mean, I'm afraid Germany caught, Germany caught the disease before we did. I think there are 18,000 of these disgusting wind turbines all over Germany. Well, it's all well and good when the wind blows, but what happens in February? What happens in February when it's cold and we have fog and frost mm. and we have a big anti-cyclone sitting over northern Europe? Not one of them turns. Not one of them produces any electricity at all. So I'm afraid, that you, you know, what, what we've done in the name of climate change, uh, I, I think, frankly, is disastrous. Finally, uh, your personal view on the developments in Brussels. I mean, they're keeping to, sticking to their power, and uh, I don't see any uh, new developments in terms of a democratic uh, develop, development. Quite the reverse. Quite the reverse. The next development, and watch this space, because in, in October, Herman Van Rompuy, the president of Europe, the man who, of course, earns more than Obama, but was never elected by anybody, in October, his task force will report, and his task force is to set up a new economic governance of the European Union, and one of his plans is that if any member state breaks the rules that he sets, they will have their voting rights taken away from them. That's democracy in the EU. That's what's coming next. But it remembers me more to a dictatorship. Let the viewers make their own minds up. I, 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 basically, I, I, I believe that this project isn't undemocratic. I believe it is fundamentally anti-democratic. But in a personal talk to me, uh, you told me there is nevertheless some hope for the wider future. For of course there is. Look, of course there is. You know, what our career politicians are doing in all our member countries for their own self-aggrandizement, for their own careers, for their own finances, what they have done is nothing less than to betray our nations, to betray our democracies, and to do it against the tide of public opinion. The gap between the governors and the governed is now a gaping chasm. And I'm an optimist. I believe that gap can be filled through peaceful and democratic means. Nigel Farage, many thanks for this interview. Thank you very much. We told you so, oh no.